West West Show. Making the year, giving us some time to busy, you know, it's nah. busy year this year. Three right. years for you. That's all good, man. For me to catch it. come last time and then I got bloody sick, me and my son. Shocking. We're, we're pure believers in timing, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all that timing, man. When the time's right. It's been working out, eh? Yeah, man. Because, you know, last, maybe since you jumped on this one, like, I've been being asked, looking for anybody to come on. It's yeah. mainly this guy. But it's been good, eh? We have a, it's been a good run, eh? So, well. That's well, got all well, the connections, man, eh? <laughs> good stories just coming out, eh? Because <sighs> that's one thing I live for, eh? When I do this podcast, yep. just hearing people's stories. Yeah, it's yeah. It's just so awesome, eh? Like, <coughs> just getting inside and just, you know, just learning and getting inspired, you know? Yeah, no, 100. It's like good, like, because I listen to your guys' podcast and then, like, even things like I was telling this guy about uh, when Dion was on, just his whole journey and, like, who he used to live with. Yeah, and yeah. Like listening to Mickey's one and that, I I didn't know he was in mental health space now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just yeah, hitting you know because you only catch up with them and say hi, but their backstory, yeah, it's it's I find that's the part part I like. Mm. Anyway, that's no, awesome. And there's so many man. It's like I can't like uh, it's funny because like every time it happens, like every time I, we get someone on, I just want more and more. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like a domino effect. Day, like yeah, I just nah. I just can't uh, I just can't stop it. It's, the, it's like all this information. It's not just information, it's just stories, you know, just real stories, stories from people from our hood, you know, from people that we grew up with and, yeah. you know, that we can relate to and stuff like that, so. No, 100, yeah, no, it's, I think the biggest part about, I guess, Māori Polynesians, especially, is just that whole storytelling party, mm. we all grew up, you know, uh, with stories in it from our elders and then, I think, you know, when we tell our journey, it's a form of storytelling as well, yeah. and, and that's the thing I love listening about, uh, especially to your guys' podcasters. Even guys that I don't know or I might have met, just listening about their journey, yeah. it's like, bro, it's <laughs> awesome, man. It's real good. Are you ever listening to other podcasts uh, and stuff? Yes and no. I used to listen to a few, um, but then, yeah, m- probably the majority of the one I listen to is just probably your guys, just because obviously of Letty's involvement. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, not really, eh? not really mm. um, other ones as much as I used to. Yeah. I listened to a couple of footy ones in that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think I listened to one, it was a while ago when um, Sam Fitui, because he's uh, Rabbitohs, man, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I uh, listened to uh, when you guys used to do that. I used to find it quite good, quite funny. Are oh, you talking about the 135 uh, footy show? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the podcast about NRL. That we, I think it's come back again. It's, it's, some of the boys have jumped on and, and resurrected it. Yeah, you yeah, because it has been 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 going for a while. Oh me, but, uh, and, you know we got some NRL fans and the yeah yeah yeah, yeah. amongst us that are that are keen to jump on and talk about their teams and that because it's it's a, it's a it was a cool um sort of uh concept because we're not just all just 
New Zealand Warriors fans. Yeah. Like all these guys, like all my mates in there, they all support different teams. Yeah, I like that. And it's it's probably come from because they followed the Winfield Cup back in the days, but Yeah, yeah, exactly. Before the Warriors and then those guys just never changed, you know? Yeah. I'm probably one of those. I mean, I support the Broncos, but then my second team's the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so last weekend when the Broncos lost and then the Warriors was like oh, double whammy, man. <laughs> But I think that that's the case for a lot of a lot of guys born here and, and follow rugby league. They and they don't follow the Warriors, but and they sometimes shit on the Warriors. But then I know deep down inside they want to watch because that's part of yeah they're part of where we're from eh, and stuff. Yeah, no, like deep absolutely. down there. <laughs> because I'm one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am too, man. My brother-in-laws are all hard out Warriors, eh, and I start laughing and then when they lose, but really I'm like, oh, got it, man. Come on, Warriors. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, good banter, good banter for my um, partner's family because yeah, they're all avid uh, Warriors supporters except for her dad. He's a, he's a Broncos supporter. Oh, yeah, from back in the days. Yeah. yeah. But then he's sort of between because he used to live in Redcliffe, so he's sort of oh. a bit of a Dolphins man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So, no, nah, it's good. Good this, laugh. There's a new addition to the comp, do we? Mm. The, the Redcliffe Dolphins. Yeah, man. I think they've been the surprise package, eh? but then when you think about Wayne Bennett. The old dog, man, you can't, yeah, never, yeah. you know. But just the pulling power of one quick tree. Oh, bro, Because I, I reckon if there was no Sally cap, man, everyone would be putting their hand up to go and have a stint under him. Yeah, but then the you, like, if you look at the players that he's brought on, they're like sort of like their uh, Isako wasn't really wanted. And then, bro, look at him now, the man's. So he obviously gets the best out of out of people, eh? Which everyone says, you know. So, yeah, he definitely knows what he's doing. Mm. And, and, that's a it's a cool thing how they made that team up because it's a you know it's a real suburb and it's, it's funny how I bet you all those were, all those guys that live in Redcliffe you know obviously Brisbane Broncos fans yeah, yeah. next minute they got their own team and, oh we're gonna change oh, yeah man definitely <laughs> I know one of my um a good guy uh, mate of Tony Tavita he's um he used to be a Broncos but now the man's hired out fins up and dolphins oh, yeah. and he lives over that way but. <laughs> Uh, it's, yeah, it's it's good. I think it's good. I mean, the city's big enough, eh? Mm. You know, Brisbane, and I think it brings that sort of um, tribalism to the city as mm. well. You know, so like when they played at Suncorp, man, it was like state of origin sort of yeah, like atmosphere. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Especially their their game that they played, the first game yeah. that they played, the Battle of Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That hype, man. I saw all the hype on social media. Right. There was this. Um, they put this big massive Broncos jersey on yeah, the, on, yeah, yeah. on the cliff face to face uh, Redcliffe or something like that, eh? Just to to dig they, it in, I think they they made their special jerseys with the city eh? on the Broncos. <laughs> yeah. just going, this is our city, man. <laughs> but I was sweating, man. Watching, I was going, oh come on, man, don't lose to them. <laughs> but that was good fun, though. That was yeah. probably the best game of the first or that round, to be honest. Eh? Yeah, it was the Dolphins game because oh, it was just going back and forth. Eh? It was only in the oh, I think it was off the Dolphins' mistake and then Katoni stack. Yeah, got that breakaway. Yeah, and then scored. I was going, oh man, <coughs> that was awesome. And good game. And then there's what did you say? This is us or you? Yeah, this is us. This is my city or something. <laughs> Man, this is my city, but you play New South Wales. <laughs> Man, Man, thanks for coming on, bro. Like, um, oh, sweet. How, how's your how's how, how was your Easter, bro? No, it was good, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just went up north. My partner's uh, family, they got a house up in Karakiri Peninsula. So mm. we usually go up there and, um, yeah, just take the kids up there. So all the families, there's probably about 15 kids, mm. all the cousins. So, yeah. No, it was awesome, mate. Just get out of Auckland, have a break. Yeah. Recharge the batteries for like three days and then back into it again. Yeah. yeah. 
like this guy he went to the beach this day we used to recharge as well eh? <laughs> because on the back of a 12 hour shift <laughs> yeah. and I work for 36 hours so it's all good uh, yeah so was that yesterday yeah <sighs> this guy is a machine <laughs> big engine man <laughs> oh, you know what it is man sacrificing quality time for sleep very yeah, mm. to me it's a new brain at the moment How's the um the traffic going up? Did you guys go early or no, yeah, later? We, every time we shoot up, we usually leave about three thirty in the morning. Mm. So just chuck the kids in, they're half asleep, and then by the time they wake up, you know we're sort of probably around Kiri Kiri, uh, sorry. So yeah. just get them breakfast there, and it's only about an hour and a half from there. So no, it's pretty good. We leave yeah. nice and early. It's be, coming back is the issue. Oh, okay. But yeah. it is what it is. You're always going to get trapped, you know? Oh, because they're still working on the Brindurans, eh? The, um, those slips, so you can't come yeah. back. Oh, no, you can now. Oh, you, you can. can. It's open now. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, but would you want to come that way after seeing what's happened? <laughs> Surely, man. <laughs> I know, right? Like, man. It's, it's, you can still see it, though. It's like, man, amazing. Like, you see it on TV, and mm. and then until you're driving up, then you're looking at it. It's crazy. Mm. Crazy what's happened there. Um. Yeah, it's unreal. I never thought I'd see anything in my lifetime, like with the floods and that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was crazy. Bro, it was crazy. Because I, I live uh, next to Waitamata Rugby Club. So, you know, the oh, yeah. car park when you come out. Yeah. But it was like a river. How my house didn't flood, man. Touch wood. I was so thankful. Because, you know, only down off um, Universal. Mm-hmm. Bro, they were like, yeah. you know, up to their shoulders. But well, that's why they had the... Um, that, that street came on the news down the bottom of Universal. Yeah, the, yeah. Next street yeah. over the... So the Smith and Wong's in that street over because there's a <coughs> I don't know there's a creek there at the yeah, back yeah, you got yeah. a catchment but I think that's the back of um, is it Monroe Monroe way is, isn't this yeah. the back of what I met older Karao yeah, yeah yeah so you got like three out there yeah chiefs because I was out of it that time I was I went to get my daughter from daycare and then I was coming back through she's in Glen Eden I was coming back into the back way and then you go through Henderson Valley and then I turn right to go to um, back towards Henderson and but it was flooded as, oh. and then I saw Sis, because you know it was out by his house and that. And then I was when I got home, I was just texting, seeing if, if he feels alright. You know, he was going, yeah, no, sweet. But I saw him out there helping out heaps of people and that. But yeah, man, it was crazy eh? mm. coming over the bridge um, uh, by that big creek, and man, the water was just fast coming up fast there. Eh? Mm. Crazy man, it's crazy because it happens in such a small, small period of time. Eh? Yeah, hard. Like I remember it was raining hard. I was at work. It was raining hard all day, but then. Yeah, you see the news, eh? Was it that bad? Yeah. Then, then you see the airport, like, got flooded. <coughs> yeah, man. Shucks, yeah. <laughs> Damn. I was like, and then the whole thing with the response and that from the council, eh? Yeah. I was like, fuck. Well, they just finished their investigation, I saw in the paper. Yeah, they yeah, blamed yeah, it on him. the CEO of on uh, someone. Yeah, just around their response time, man. Yeah. Eh? I saw them talking about and something about emails and that going back and forth. Mm. I was like, oh, well, man. I'd hate to be in that role, man. You get grilled. Well, when when I looked at it, it made sense to me that you know this was like one in how many event eh, has it happened for a long time. Well, they say uh, like they always like <clears throat> say one in a hundred year sort of flood thing in that, but I think it's probably going to change that to like fifty maybe. Because sometimes I don't know if you guys see like because um, we were going to look at buying a house um, in Henderson there that 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 um, river comes onto the back of it and uh, he was saying he goes oh no it's this house never floods it's you know you look on the limo report it says like um 100 year thing in that bro lucky we didn't buy all the house yeah. would have been, would have been <laughs> floating down the river man i was 100 years in five years time bro. yeah <laughs> so i think just the information that that those limo reports were um sort of put on 
that was when there was less yeah. infrastructure around, eh? Yeah. So it's well, really poor. But it's crazy because, like, um, my brother and sister-in-law, their house bro got smashed in Muirwai. They live in Muirwai. Mm. So, you know, that was sort of like the second family house. We were up there Christmases and that. And then, man, like, they just said that night, they just heard, like, all the lights went out and then just heard this cracking. So they all just got up, ran up to the car, drove, and they came in um, in the morning and, like, the whole mountainside had fallen away onto the house. So they were lucky to get out. Mm. So, but they're still going, like, the struggle's real out there. They're still going through, like, they can't go into the house, so they're basically left with nothing. Mm. Um, managed to find a rental, which is good, and try and... It's it's crazy because you don't realise just the little things like, you know, like lunch boxes for the kids or their school, you know, just mm. those real little things because they, you know, they had nothing. So yeah. they had to basically start from scratch and try and get back into that routine of things. So, yeah, it's 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 pretty difficult for a lot of people. Eh? It is diff- difficult and it's because we always m- talk about it on the podcast eh? because it's important because, you know, when when it happened and the news came, it was covering everything and then it's a week later news doesn't cover it anymore but it's still going yeah, yeah, yeah and exactly. it's still going now you yeah. know and it's people like um uh the bbm guy he's always oh dave yeah, yeah dave he's always dave going to, to to visit these people pulling on social media yeah and people understand oh it's still going you know people are their houses are like damaged and they can't go back or they need to find a new home or they've got no insurance yeah yeah exactly that's the big one eh? yeah that's the big one man mm. they didn't have insurance and stuff like that or um yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, you're right with um, Dave Latelier. He's always out there just doing, mm. you know, even in the shadows when like the media coverage is all gone, the man still, you know, he still does a lot. Eh? He does yeah. heaps for the communities. Yeah. I'm grateful yeah. that um, Jamie and that went on the floor or went on the ground. You know, like there's one thing to do the interviews and have the, the field team out standing yeah. like 100 metres away from what's actually happening. But mm. because Jamie was on the ground and she fully went into where Dave was working and just yeah. see the working bee that he had going. And like I'm just sort of expressing like, man, that guy needs to resign. <laughs> Jump the ball from one of the bus and just just say it, eh? Like you know, say what he was feeling and because like, yeah, that, 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 that like I I shared with the boys like of all the episodes that we've done on um empty out the club, yeah, the episode eighty is probably the hardest one, eh? Because it was like so real. Yeah, man, it's just raw, eh? Yeah. You know, it's um yeah. Because then he like four houses down from my prince. That whole street is pretty much. Shucks. <clears throat> yeah, a lot, a lot of hardship, man, going on at the moment. And then, you know, obviously the cost of living. It's just yeah. Like, you know, when's it going to turn around, eh? So it's pretty, uh, the, the struggle's real out there for a lot of people. The cost of living thing, man. It just sneaks up on you, eh? And then it doesn't, in a way. It does, yeah. but, but then you, okay, I can handle it. I can handle it next minute. Oh, we're going to cut that off now. <laughs> Hard out, man. Like, yeah, it's 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 crazy out there, eh? Um, just what's happening out there, and you know everything's going up, mm. man. It's you know petrol, uh, groceries. I mean, people with mortgages. You know the rates, man. Mm. You know they're they're um, going sky high and that. So, yeah, just um, I think a lot of people are just you know stop spending money that they necessarily you know shouldn't be spending in places like you know McDonald's or mm. takeaways and that. Just trying to. I guess pull back on that type of spending, um, but yeah, it's it's hard out there for sure. And that that's a way to bring the inflation down. Sometimes, eh? when you put prices up, people don't buy anything. Then they have to do something to. <coughs> you know, I think then they have to bring the prices down. Because I, you know, when you going back to COVID, right? So, you know, the economy sort of um, 
was stagnant. Like, you know, there was no spending because obviously we couldn't go out, shops weren't open, and then they sort of encourage everyone to spend, you know, spend local and that. And then now it's like they're trying to stop us from spending, you know. So it's just like, well, we did what you said, and now you're telling us not to, and now we're getting, you know, kicked in the ass for it. So I guess it's that, that balancing act there. But, yeah, it's something that man, I could never sort of make the calls on that. Yeah, pretty difficult job. I saw you guys shared a post. I, I didn't quite understand what it meant, but it was that five point something, and it was gonna be the effect of like, like people trying to buy homes or trying to buy another home that was on your fellow's mortgage. Which on page? Uh, was it like in terms of um, something's go up and gone up? I should probably know this. <laughs> when was that recently? Or? <laughs> it was like a couple of days ago. Don't oh. need to check it. Yeah, so the OC, something's gone up. Oh, the OCR's <laughs> gone up. Yeah, <laughs> the official cash rate. So, mm. yeah, that, that's gone oh, up. Um, so, normally, like, yeah, when the cash rate goes up, mm. then mm. the banks tend to, you know, increase the interest rate. So, that's what happened. So, ANZ uh, pushes up on, I think it was Tuesday. I could be wrong. And then uh, Westpac followed on Thursday. So, then it's just a domino effect. Everyone else goes up on that. So, yeah, no, the, the experts said that they were going to put it up, I think, 0.25%. Um, but they went up to 0.5. So, yeah, they're trying to, trying to, well, I think maybe just try and get us into a recession so everything sort of drops back down. I mean, yeah, I'm not an expert in the area, but, yeah, it's gone up a lot higher than what, what the experts thought. So that's, once again, hits everyone in the pocket. Um, so so what causes the banks to to raise that? Is, is, it, is it the government? Well, it's just yeah, it's it's off the official cash rate, which is you know the Reserve Bank. So they're separate. So they they control the monetary things and stuff within the economy and so forth like that. So there's, I mean, uh, my understanding is because there's a, a lot of factors, you know, like so like our exports and importing and that. So you know, like with Gisborne and that, uh, yeah, Gisborne, Hawkes Bay, you know, I think they um, uh, export a lot of like veggies or meat and all stuff like that. So they've been hit. So then there's not much money coming into the country because we can't export anything. So when it comes to us trying to buy overseas, it's, it's expensive. And so I guess the offset is that they have to raise everything. Um, I know like banks when they, because a lot of the banks, they borrow from overseas as well. So when they borrow overseas, you know, they've got a, because th that's a form of loan as well. So if if whatever happens, say, in America and they uh, increase the, I think they're called the wholesale rates, then it affects the main bank. So then they have to offset that by raising the rates as well over here for, like, consumers and that, homeowners. So it's like a, just a big domino effect, essentially, is what happens. So it's pretty much putting the price back on the consumer. Yeah, so at the end of the day, it's yeah. always us that, that, you know, well, yeah, the consumers that mm. always have to pay for it. Um, I mean, the big mm. corporates, you know, they're there to make money, man. They make millions, you know, and so mm. that's how they, in a roundabout way, how it works, mm. essentially, yeah. And that, that's the sort of thing that's in, always in the background, eh? That, you know, has been a, a specific in the, like when it comes to that sort of thing, like um, like money and that, it's something we probably, in general, don't really understand to get, you know. Yeah. I think like yeah, I mean uh I know sort of sort of in the in the mortgage space that that I'm in is like cuz uh you know we deal with everyone but we we do deal with a lot of uh Maori Polynesian families so we just share our stories with them that makes them real feel comfortable like you know we never spoke about money in our house you know it just wasn't a thing you know around the dinner table we didn't speak about money and stuff like that that was always our parents thing so 
we just get out there and just have open conversations with them, get them to understand, you know, because a lot of them, you know, I've had a lot of friends, families that, you know, they're housing New Zealand renting for years and but they could have bought the house 10 times over, you know, mm. and it's not until we just have those discussions and just explain where they understand, um, you know, that they've managed to buy the house, you know, so it's it's it just starts, I think, just having conversations um, on what it looks like. But then, you know, as I say, it's the hard conversations sometimes just to bring up, you know, within our families because we, we don't really talk about money. Mm. But it's slowly changing. Eh? I see a lot of people, um, you know, out there and some of the families that we go and uh, visit because sometimes, you know, nine times out of ten we'll go to the houses at, you know, the evening when they're all there. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's, it's good because they feel comfortable. So I know... You know, they, they ask questions that I know that they wouldn't even go to a bank and ask that question. So it's yeah. it's good oh. in that respect. Yeah. yeah, that's good, man. That sounds real comfortable too. Eh? Like to be able to inside your own home. Yeah, and like, oh man, that's the biggest thing. Eh? Is like, you know, it's it's. I mean, like the best thing is like when you get like a young family who thought they'd never own a house, and then when they when they purchase a house, you know, we go over on settlement day or a couple of days after and just take a package in that, and then. Um, you know, the biggest thing is when the kids come and go, oh, come and look at my room. This is my own room now. Like, this is our house. And it's those little things that pull on your, mm. like, your heartstrings in there. And, you know, it's, um, you know, it, it's better than any, the feeling I feel anyway. Like, I just love that feeling. Mm. Just seeing the kids, you know, having their own room. And the parents just proud, you know, like, yeah, this, this is our house, kids, you know, we own it, you know. And so, um, I guess that's uh, <clears throat> or my why, anyway, or my passion, you know, mm. is, is doing that. Um, you know, sometimes we have families with us for six months, 12 months, 18 months, two years even, but we, we're on that journey with them and we guide them through it. So, um, you know, it's, it's awesome when we get a good outcome like that. It's, it's cool how you found sort of, you found sort of like a niche to get the families that, like you said, like, yeah, we spend, we spend years in rental properties, just spending, spending rent, 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 yeah. rent. And just not knowing that, oh, wait, we can actually, yeah, you can actually pay for a mortgage with, with this kind of rent, you know? Like how, like, how did how you find that? Just by talking to f- different families in the beginning, or and how did yeah. you know to like actually, oh, we, we can actually change this. We can actually. Um, <clears throat> oh, I guess because m- my background is banking, so after school I went over to the UK for six months, and then, um, well, that was my plan, and then I ended up there for about. I think it was about six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, uh, my other good mate, uh, Chris Carrington, shout out Bok Bok, um, he, he was a banker in New Zealand and then he came over and I was working for, um, uh, what's that, um, that beer company in America? Budweiser. Budweiser, yeah. So I was doing promotions around the country with them. Oh. Um, but then I was just sick of like traveling all the time and that, like it was good. And then he goes up. Oh, Bro, just come jump into banking in that. So basically got into banking there and then after a long time away from home, thought I'd better come home and sort of grow up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, one of my best mates, uh, Renati, he was at ASB Bank and then he was like, oh, man, you should come work at ASB because, you know, they're real good banks. So um, yeah, got into banking there and I was there for about, um, I think about 12 years and just worked my way up um, to a manager in that. And then went to BNZ, but I, but in that duration when I came back, I would have like um, conversations with um, people and that, and just ask them, well, you know, how come you guys don't 
buy a house because they would come and yeah, a lot of them would pay their rent manually, so they'll be paying like five fifty, six hundred a week on rent, and that's when the rates were low and the houses went high. Yeah, and I just always asked the question, and they're like, "Oh no, we can't, because you know, no one chose us in that." And then I'd always go, oh, "Why don't you just come in and have a conversation?" But at the time, um, like a lot of the bankers, they were sort of there wasn't wasn't many polys in there or moldies, so they were like, oh, no, no, it's all right, or they'll go do those ones. Oh, yeah, no, sweet, just booking a time, and then they'll never turn up. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it wasn't, I guess, till when I ha- had a, became a branch manager, um, you know, I, I, I sort of f- focused on getting the best people into my branch, but brown faces, because mm. those were predominantly our clients in West Auckland, um, and then they felt comfortable, you know, in coming into the office. Because, you know, when they come into office and you close the door and it's just them and the banker, it's just like, oh, man, this, it can be quite intimidating. Mm. Um, so I just found that, you know, people were ready or they they could be taught how to buy a house. Because a lot of it was, I mean, you know, they'll just go and buy a car and tick it up, you know, and so they'd have big debt. But if you just showed them if they worked to repay that and then put a bit of money aside to grow and then, as well, even heaps of people don't even understand you can use KiwiSaver, you know. Um, so it's just um, just teaching them or, or upskilling them around mm. what they can use. Because a lot of people, they'll sign up to KiwiSaver and, and I'd go, oh, so who's your KiwiSaver with? And they're like, oh, I don't even know. And they're like, oh, do you know what it's for? And they go, oh, I think so. They go, what is it for? And they go, oh, can you get it when you retire or something? Or you can get it to like... If you're in financial difficulty, and like a year, it's those things, but it also helped towards your first house. So just through conversation is, is basically how I found that there's definitely um, a niche in the market to mm. help our people in that. Um, and and then at that time, were you thinking the the bank you're working for was BNZ at that time? Or ISB? I was through yeah, both the, the whole journey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you think like the like the banks didn't like cater for that? Uh, yeah, no, d- definitely 100% they didn't because back then it was very sales focused. So everyone had KPIs. So am I going to spend time trying to help this family when I can go and get someone else get a mortgage and then that goes to my bonus, you know? Because it, it used to be, it was all real sales driven. And so, you know, you had things that you had to, KPIs you had to meet, you had to um, cross sell other products and stuff like that. So, you know, sometimes when I look back at it, you know, it was. Like, I was grateful for my time and I learned a lot of things, but it was also, you could look at it as quite a toxic environment. And that's why they've changed it all. They got away, they've, you know, uh, removed all that sales stuff. Because um, sometimes people were just selling for the sake of selling and, you know, the client probably didn't really need it. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely cleaned up its act mm. around that. And I think that, um, I mean, I haven't been in the banks for like four years, but I know they go out and do community stuff. Uh, me and a few other managers when we were at BNZ, we used to go out to the community stuff. Um, uh, some of them used to go to the uh, Evendale Flea Market on Sundays and that and just take BNZ banners out and have conversations. But the biggest thing was that follow-up piece, you know, like people were keen to find out, but you can't have a conversation at the flea market with 10 other people, right. you know, they're not going <laughs> to tell you. So the biggest thing was, yeah, that follow-up piece. So that's why I think we've been, you know, sort of touch with doing well because... We're agile. We just go to the house at night time and stuff like that. You know, whereas when you're in the bank, it's a nine to five, and you know, people won't necessarily want to go to their houses later on in the evening. I like that you guys have targeted the workplaces as well. Eh? Yeah, nice. No, yeah, man. to me, like if anyone was wanting to 
So I feel like they want to be homeowners. When yeah. it walks through your work, when your, your workplace, and especially in your father's lunchroom, yeah. like that's a that's something to strive for to actually show up and go to work. Hey, not puss around and take days off and stuff. Like, nah, hundred. Whose concept was that? Because bro, when I when I said when I got a hold of you one time and you said that you said gone down the line and yeah, it was and stuff. We just thought, you know, how can we sort of be a bit s- smarter, you know, and, and get in front of the audiences just to. Like, we don't go to sell anything. We just go there to help, you know, just have conversations. So we keep it just short, sharp. We, um, you know, we, we, we come put on a feed for everyone. So it's probably only about 45, 45 minutes long that we do our thing. But sometimes it's gone for nearly two hours because there's just so much engagement and there's so many questions. And, you know, we've had managers that have come and go, man, we never see those guys ever talk like that. So it's good to see stuff like that. Um, you know, and, and and it's good for us because it shows that we're doing we're on the right path. Um, there's still you know things obviously that we're trying to do to to be even better, but um, yeah, it's just getting in front of the audiences. So um, you know, what better way than going into a workplace and say, hey, you know, this is what we do. We'll come and put on a feed. Um, you know, and nine times out of ten, you know, when your staff leave um, the workplace, you don't know what's happening at home. You know, so it's it's sort of helping them in terms of that financial aspect as well, and on you know even just how to be good with their money. Mm. You know, some of them might go, "Oh, we don't want to buy a house, but you know we've got all this debt. What can we do?" You know, so um, yeah, that's sort of just how um, we came up with it. Mm. Just trying to get in front of the the audiences and just have those conversations. That's what it comes back to, eh? Just having open conversations. Mm. You know, your idea of that and. You're working at the bank, and well, when was the first thought in your head to start your own business? Like, with, with what you're doing now, how did, how did that start? And how did that? But I'll be honest, I, I probably would never have done it if it wasn't for um, for Millsy because, um, I mean, the way I saw it, like, I, I was comfortable and I was happy, but then he was sort of like, um, he was just like, oh, bro, why don't we just you know go out and do something. And then I was like, oh, you know, obviously with her having his face as the the front of it, then I was sort of confident in terms of, ah, oh, yeah, if, if we're going to do it, then, you know, you'd be the face and I'll just be in the back doing the um, mortgages and then teaching him because I had to teach him for six months mm. before he could write. So I think it was just, just that and I think the excitement of doing it with your mate mm. as well, being on a journey and, um, and just learning on the way because it's totally different. Um, because, you know, I could have stayed at the bank. I was earning good money there. Um, but then I was just comfortable, you know. And then it just it was to the point where I was just going to work, doing my work, and then coming home. Mm. Like, no enjoyment. Like, I I, I was just, um, plus there's a lot of politics that go on, you know, within the banks. You want to try and do something to better the, your community. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, we'll do it. And then bro, nothing happens, you know. Or they, they might do something and it's like a, it feels like a tick the box just to, oh, you know, we're out in the community doing stuff. Um, so I just wanted to take control of that, really. Mm. And um, But yeah, man, it was took me a while to think about it. But then once I knew he was 100% committed, then I was like, oh, yeah, bro, mm. then we'll just do it. Because the t- stepping out on your own is scary for anyone to do, eh? especially, like you said, earning good money. And people that, that work and then, you know, decide to go on their own. Like this, it's the first weeks, eh, or first month. Oh, man, you know, yeah. the planning, the actually leaving the job <coughs> and then knowing that there's no more income coming in until you yeah. start doing your thing. No, 100%. So, it was, yeah. so how hard was that, that sort of 
Bro, it was, uh, transition. Yeah, no, it was scary. It was um, it was scary, but I was lucky. Like my partner Michelle, like she, you know, encouraged me and had faith in me, and and I had faith in myself. But I just knew I just, um, you know, it's one of those things. Like, bro, you just have to do it. Worst case scenario, I'll just go back to banking. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was scared. Just you know, especially like um, like you say, because we get paid from the banks. Um, when a loan draws down to it's that whole thing oh, how long is it gonna take so i asked a lot of people like i didn't just wake up one day and said let's do it so i spoke to other advisors that i knew and um you know and they were like oh man we're surprised you haven't done it already you know stuff like that <laughs> i was like oh man bro too scared man <laughs> so um yeah it was just taking that leap of faith um mm. and just it's either now or never and i didn't want to not do it and then think like today going oh man i should have gone out and done it so you know we've been quite fortunate um but it's been hard work but at the same time it's more satisfying mm. when you know that you know the work you've put in this is the outcome you know um but yeah definitely scary man <sighs> <laughs> crazy it's still scary now sometimes you know like just that but but you know just having that faith that man bro we're, we're doing good we're on a we're on the right track um because, you know, eventually it'd be good to get our company real big and real humming in that, get a few more people on and stuff like that. Um, but at the moment, we're just happy just just take our time, man. Like, it's not a sprint, you know. It's We're not competing with anyone else, even though in the industry, you know, a lot of them do compete. Like, it's always funny. We always see an advisor like, bro, how are you going? Are you guys busy? They're like, oh, man, we're so busy. We're like, Actually, stop telling lies. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's good when you're with your mate you just do those, have those laugh ones. You crack up, man. Shucks. That's cool, man. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, yeah. I love it. Eh? I'm real mm. passionate about it. So, and that's another thing that drives me as well, you know. So, is your is your business model based on your experience like working at the banks and just bringing that across and putting your own, like, sort of flavor to it? Yeah, oh, it's, well, yeah, it's, um, like, to be honest, bro, we just learn on the fly. Like, okay, what do we want it to look like? And it's just, you know, we, we want it to be like a safe environment where people can just openly come and ask us questions. You know, we, we want them to be comfortable. You know, sometimes they get phone calls at nine o'clock at night, you know, and, and it's just answering, you know, just little things like that and, and making them feel comfortable. And then it's just sort of evolved from that, you know, like we've done things. We're like, oh, bro, it's, that's probably not working. Let's try and change it up. Or try something different. So I think it's just open. And but the, the thing I like about us is we always ask um, the people we deal with, or even when we go to companies, like, you know, what can we do better? What can we do different? So, you know, we got, you know, <clears throat> I think the the harshest critics, uh, or, you know, it, it's hard to hear when they say, oh, you know, you guys weren't good at that. But yeah. at the same time, it's because that's where you get the growth, right? Because mm -hmm. if, if no one tells you that, then you keep doing it then you lose that engagement. So it's good that, not that everyone, anyone says, I oh, know you guys are hopeless at that, you know, just go, oh yeah, we would have liked to know more about, you know, something else. We're like, oh, okay, no, that's that's good to know. Mm. Um, so it's just, yeah, I guess, putting yourself out there and um, um, asking for, um, you know, feedback and stuff like that. Because yeah. then that's how you learn, right? Because if, if no one, like I said, going back to, if, if you keep doing something and then there's no engagement, but people don't tell you, then but you don't know, right? And you think you're like, oh yeah, man, look, they love it. Man. That's the worstest one, especially when it's around um, um, beverages, eh? <laughs> but I heard you guys are. <laughs> right, so yeah, it's um, I guess it's like that. 
Now you're right, man. That that feedback is important, eh? Like good and bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because man, because I had a podcast yesterday, and we we're talking about this that topic, and the and the, and the guy sitting across me was saying, "Man, never listen to your family, because they always say you it's good, it's good, it's good. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to listen. You don't want to, you don't want to ask your family anything." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nah, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, yeah, that's where I find the biggest growth, like, for us, and, you know, if if we're on the right track. And sometimes we will just leave, like, a little pamphlet note, you know, um, you know, just, you know, tell us what we can do and just chuck it on the board. Um, and then, you know, at the end of it, you know, we'll go back and we'll just read them all and just put them in places, what we're doing. Um, but, long, yeah. How long just, has it been trading now? Like, four years now? That's awesome. I think four years, eh? So, yeah, we started in Glen Dean, just a little... Shared office space, and then now we're in uh, Rosebank Road in Avondale. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bit dangerous because we're above the Columbus Cafe, so <laughs> free coffee is easy. like, oh man, I need to cut that out. Eh? But oh, yeah, they say, what is it three years? If a business goes under, yeah. then it's, or yeah. If, yeah, something like that. If you last three years, if you last or three years, like that, yeah. then you're, you're doing something right. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's been an awesome journey so far, and then. Mm. Just want to, um, yeah, keep going, eh? Mm. Keep it going and stuff like that. And like I said, the more reach we can get, you know, because um, I believe a lot of our families can get into home ownership. I mean, even when the rates are high, like people always tell me, what do you think going to happen to the rates? I'm like, I'll probably just grab my crystal ball and see what happens. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, if you can afford it, that that's, this is my own personal opinion. If you can afford it, then get in. Because, you know, your mortgage is over 30 years, so the rates are always going to go up. They're going to come down. House prices are going to go up. They're going to come down. Mm. But it's just, if you can get in, then get in. Um, and, you know, like a lot of the things um, that I learned on my journey was, but I always used to wonder why how Indians and that could buy so many houses. And I learned, bro, they, they bought as families. So, you know, like the mum, dad, the two kids, they'll buy as a family. And then after five or so years, then they'll buy another house. They'll use the equity. Mm. And, bro, I guess as Māori PIs, we live exactly the same, but we rent. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then at the same time, like, if there's a fallout, <laughs> the family's like, <laughs> who gets the house? <laughs> I mean, but, you know, that's basically how they, mm. a lot of them do it, is just buying collectively. Mm. And then... Like I, I was watching an ad last night, like Kiwi Bank, they're like big on that now, advertised, that's one of their advertisements on TV is, you know, buying with siblings or cousins and stuff like that, mm. which is, it's, I've seen it for years, but obviously a lot of people are, or the main banks, I guess, just sort of really drilling that now, getting it out there. Mm. Yeah, that, it's it's been the, the case for, like I said, for, for the Indians, because you know they're the ones with the, got the eight bedroom homes, six bedroom yeah. homes. And you wonder why, but because they got a lot of families and they're all paying for it. That's and it, then they just go, yeah. they just get another house and go. But I used to have this one family for years, man, that I used to look after, you know, and and but they had nothing when they started, but they saved hard for a year. I mean, the, the house prices weren't high back then, mm. but you know they just bought and. Bro, there was heaps of them living, or not heaps, but you know, there's about five of them living, and there was like a four bedroom house. And then five years later, they came back. Well, I'd always see them in the branch, and then they came back. They went, oh, you want to buy another house? And I said, Oh, yeah, this is what you have to do. So they go and get a valuation, good equity in the house, and then pull that out, buy another one. Mm. And then that family, you know, half of the family moved into that one. But next minute, they got the whole street. You know what I mean? That's that's how they do it, um, which is a smart way of doing things, you know? Yeah. Real mm. smart. But it's also interesting how, like you said, like survivors and they just they lack that. Yeah, they, yeah. they lack 
saving for a long period of time and um that, i think that that's the key because it's like oh i'm the one safe for two years or you know yeah like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's too long but especially with the young ones like you know mm. some of the young young guys you know like families if i've spoken to anyway you know and they're like oh we're real keen and they're like oh yeah so what do you have for saving? Like, oh, i've got a kiwi saver they're like oh awesome do you have any debt and like, oh yeah we just went and bought this um fifty thousand dollar cars okay. <laughs> sorry yeah. what the that's but right. you know but we don't judge like it is what it is mm. that's the circumstance mm. we're like oh but you know this is what you have to do if you really want it you know you got to take ownership of your of um you know your spending and stuff like that and work to a budget you know um because if you keep buying that you know because you know the interest on them is high hey, you know you might pay back you buy it for 50 but you're paying 80 grand back at the end of it mm. um so yeah just like i said just having the conversations you know and so they understand it because i bro i was young you know so i remember when i got a car and i just ticked it up but i didn't care what anyone said i just wanted to sign that thing and take off in the car yeah. you know <laughs> everyone goes through it you know mm. so yeah it's just um yeah sitting in their shoes i knew what it was back then so mm. you know you don't judge them you're just like oh well this is what we do moving forward you know it's a discipline eh? it is yeah it's it's definitely discipline um also i i think it has to come from deep down like you know do you really like sometimes I've had honest conversations I said well do you really want a house or like what do you want and they're like oh no I just you know one of my mates bought a house and I sort of want to you know buy a house and it's like but you got to do it for like you you know mm. at the end of the day not mm. just because someone else has got it like if you really want to do it then you know I'm more than happy to help you uh, you know but I always say it's, it's, it's going to be a hard journey it's not just an overnight mm. thing but you got to stick to it but we got to remember as well you know like especially with island families when we're helping them budget, we've got to think, you know, if something happens back, you know, in the islands or, you know, funerals and that, you know, potentially they'll go and take loans out for that or whatever. So it's, I think it's understanding as well that cultural aspect of things. Um, that those things, you know, they do pop up, right? And and um, it's just being ready for that. And, and But have, we have those conversations from the get-go anyway. Mm. You know, just why don't you put a little bit in case, you know, something happens and then, Instead of borrowing ten thousand, you only have to borrow five thousand. You know, but we put the onus on them. Mm. You know, so they, so they're in control of what they do. We don't tell them what to do. We just sort of give them the tools to go away and leave it up to them. But we keep in touch with them. Obviously, like I said, a lot of families I've been helping for twelve months, eighteen months. So I just check in with them. How's things going in that? Because I think what I learned when I was in the banking, I'll, I'll, I'll do that, but then I wouldn't follow up. And so that's what I mean, you know, the learnings that I learned around that whole follow-up piece is real important because then it keeps them engaged, it keeps them taking ownership of, you know, and still th um, driving towards their goals. So, yeah. That's why I recommend oh, Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so these days, like, what's the average amount of years to save for average family? For a house? Yeah. Bro, it, just, it depends on circumstance. I mean, like... Because I know the prices came down a little bit, eh? Yeah, so the, the prices are definitely um, flattened at the moment. Mm. Um, it's definitely a buyer's market versus a seller's market. And that's because of inflation, right? Yeah, oh, it's just, it's, it's, uh, but it's, uh, that's one of them, but it's a number of things. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's the cost of living as well. It's, it's, it's all sorts of things. But why I think it's a um, 
buyers. I think personally it's going to heat up again because, you know, a lot more people are coming to Auckland, you know, from overseas. Obviously, when we were hit by COVID, there was no international travel. So now, you know, it's little things like you hear the government going, oh, we need special, you know, we need nurses. So we're giving extra incentives for nurses to come from overseas. Well, they need to buy houses. So now everything's opening up. You know, we've got nurses, you know, we've got specialised construction people coming, um, you know, heaps coming in from the Philippines and stuff like that. So, you know, and, and they're, they're good with money, they're motivated, and they want to buy houses, especially over in this market. Mm. Um, but it's, it's um, like my own opinion is if you want to buy a house, it's it's not that hard, especially if you've got KiwiSaver. KiwiSaver is, man, such an awesome um, way to buy a house but then with that being said there's other aspects other avenues like through kainga order so we speak to clients about um, kainga order and automatically you you speak about kainga order and they're like oh no we don't want to buy that house because you know we don't know who lives next door could be dodgy people <laughs> because that's the perception right of mm. kainga order but actually the way i explain it is like kainga order is like the the umbrella and they have avenues that come under that so there's the home loan grant there's the home loan kind order home loan there's the partnership you know and and you may fit into one of those spaces um and that's once again you know money that you can use towards a deposit so we've managed you know we've we've used those avenues to help people mm. um especially with the home loan grant i mean you know you can get up to ten thousand dollars each on a new build um you know and that's 20 grand towards your deposit plus your kiwi server in mm. um yeah so th there's avenues there for a deposit but the the way I always say is going back to your question bro sorry in a roundabout way uh say for example you, if you want to know what, you, what your deposit is if you're looking at say 800,000 you need 20% which is what 160 but um you can have 10% but you can only go to your bank so if you're at Westpac you can only go to Westpac um and and, and there's Sometimes I'll turn the funding on. Sometimes I'll turn the funding off because that's because they're only allowed a certain percent of that type of lending that they call high risk with a small deposit mm. within their system. Um, because so you've been at that bank for so long, they know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But well, because your income goes in there, they know you're, you're, you're loyal. Because what they were doing before is say if we had say us three had ten percent and we'd just go to any bank, they'd go, "Yep, here's your pre-approval for ten percent," and then we're sitting in that space for three months we haven't found one so we want to extend it again and so it starts chewing into that certain percent that they're allowed so that's why they all the banks turned it off and said no we're not doing it we're going to look after our own clients and we'll only give you a pre-approval at 10 percent if you come with a sales and purchase agreement with an offer so it's a live deal so then they know okay we're going to approve it at your 10 percent and we know you're going to be out in a month time because you're settling do you know mm. what i mean so mm. Um, yeah, a lot of things I think the banks put in place and then they learn that, oh, that's not working, we need to change it to this, and then it just sets off that domino effect. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how many staff have you got now? Have, have you guys grown um, since you started? The, the yeah, the four yeah, years? so there's the two of us. So there's, we had five of us. We just... Um, uh, one of our girls have left because she she lives out south and her kids go to school out south, so it's easier for her. Um, and we're just bringing on another guy um, starting soon, uh, at the end of the month. So there's there's five of us in there at the moment. So mm. looking to maybe bring on someone else um, 
towards the end of the year as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Hopefully, start growing, growing a bit faster in that soon. Yeah, that's cool because that 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 there just talks to how many people out there need help and yeah. and come to you guys because is it is it all like survivors and and Polynesians and them not knowing how to start. Uh, so is it just polys and Maldives you mean that yeah. don't know no oh, I'd say majority so I th- the biggest thing for me is going back to what I was saying originally that because we don't talk about money they, they don't have that confidence to ask mm. but a lot of them that we speak to they already know but right. they, they don't but you know it's that old saying right you don't know what you don't know yeah. so, and they don't know who to ask so a lot of the like conversation that I've had like you know and I speak to them I'm like oh man you guys already know you know and they're like oh yeah but we didn't know who to ask so mm. that's why we reached out to you guys because you know you, you guys look like us you speak like us so yeah. we're more comfortable asking you those questions so i mean for us it's just getting into the audience and having those conversations and, and bro to be honest a lot of them already know but they just don't have the confidence or they don't know where to go and find the answer to their questions whether it's right or wrong mm. um so yeah a lot of our people i just think lack that um confidence uh, around that eh? when they yeah they know the answer they just don't know who to ask mm. at the end of the day that's amazing not just listening so we started man like banking like I remember coming to see you at, when you're on Lincoln Road and stuff right. and I probably heard in between a couple of meetings sitting down with you that it was like an idea really and mm. but to see it for you I know, man. Yeah, it's 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 gone fast. They eh? like sometimes, you know. I guess you have to sit down and just look back at your journey and how far you've come, and and, and yeah, just uh, um, where you are today. Yeah, four years. It's it's for me. It's gone quickly. Eh? It's mm. gone really fast. But it's um, but it's good, man. It's an awesome industry, eh? Um, to be in. Um, you know, I've got some friends that advisors. You know, and we always ring them, bounce ideas off each other. Because at the end of the day, you know, we'll. There's enough clients for everyone, you know. But then there's some clients, you know, uh, sorry, advisors that like they don't want to help you because they're like, oh, no, 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 like, oh, sweet then. <laughs> Are yeah. the, uh, is the competition that um, doing the same thing as you guys? Like, I know there's competition, like you know, there's there's but mortgage advisors, but then with the same niche as you, you guys. But to be honest, I I re- see, I don't. I don't know. I don't know anyone that does what we do. Yeah. Um, they, they probably are out there. Um, I know there's like, um, you know, there, there's like groups out there that sort of run home ownership, um, how to get into home ownership, you know, and they, they might do things, um, run a course on KiwiSaver and stuff like that. But I don't know um, people that do sort of the beginning to end. And I think that's our point of difference because we're advisors, we know exactly what the banks are looking for. Mm. Um, whereas if you just go out and I guess run seminars and that, it's quite a a blanket sort of approach because because the environment's changing so much. Um, you know, you, one minute you can be giving talking about something, and then but the banks have changed it up. So, mm. so how do you c- keep up with that? Well, because because we're advisors first and foremost, so we always have to know what's happening within the banks and stuff like that, um, and that's and bro, it's hard, man, because we you know we we deal with I think it's about thirty one lenders overall 
So you got you got your main banks and stuff like that, and then there's other lenders we call near bank lenders, and and man, that's a growing space, you know. Um, it could be something like, but you could have had bad credit ten years ago, but it still shows on your credit. So the main bank may say no. Mm. So you know we might take you to a near bank lender um, where you know they'll they'll oversee that because they would have looked at you know maybe the last twelve months or even two years, you know you you've been good. Are those near bank lenders? Are they like like instant finance and all those? No, 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 no. So, um, it's like Bluestone, Resimac, um, uh, what else? There's Liberty, Avanti, um, and the reason why they're not a bank is because they don't have bank accounts. They just specifically deal in home loans oh, okay. or yeah. you know commercial loans or something yeah. like that. But you know, there's a massive niche for that market. Um, and it's it's growing, eh? It's growing big time. Oh, true. Because I've never heard of those those companies. But are they like just only for people with bad credit? Like, they no, no, they could be for a number of reasons. Like mm-hmm. heaps of things. Like, um, like say for example, so if you go to the bank, um, and and this is the biggest mistake I've seen when I've, I've gone to meet a family. They'll go and they go, oh, we did the repayments. These are the repayments. You know, this is what it says we can borrow, because you use the advertised rates. But what they don't realize is the banks use a stress test. So the stress test is a lot higher than what the advertised rates are. And the reason why they do that is for because of what's happening now in terms of, you know, the rates are going up to, you know, 7% and stuff like that. So when we send a, an application to the bank or if you go directly to the bank, they use, I think it's about 8.7% at the moment or 89 something like that. That's the test, the, the interest rate they use to approve your loan. And that so that always goes up every time the interest rates go up. Because they want to make sure that there's enough fat within your income that if the rates do go up, you can still you can it. service your loan. Yeah. Um, and so some of these other ones aren't quite a, quite as high, or they might, um, um, you know, you could possibly. Um, what's one I've had recently? I'm just trying to think. I'm on the spot. I can't under pressure, man. <laughs> um, I think one I had was they wanted to. Um, they wanted to buy an investment property, so one of the, one of the lenders you can go twenty um, percent on your own occupied and twenty percent on an investment property. So the main banks you can't do that. It's if mm. you've got your own occupied and you want to buy an investment property, you have to have forty percent deposit. So that's massive. You know, you have mm. a massive amount of money. So it's just it's just other options. They right. give you other options. So yeah, it's not just if you've got bad credit. Mm. It's a variety of things. I feel like because of the um, what's that um. That tax they didn't want the the property tax. Oh yeah, no, no, I know the one that you're talking. About. Like if you had all those properties in there, yeah, and if you sell it, sell it, you don't get tax. But now they want to bring it. They wanted to bring it in, and yeah, then they yes. changed their mind because it was was it wasn't a popular thing for the people owning yeah. <laughs> in second homes. <laughs> I I don't know too much about it to be honest. Um, I know there's the blue line test. Oh, that's um, that was a labor thing that it. came out there. Eh? It was yeah. They didn't go all the way with the. Is it equity tax or something like that? Yeah, know. it's it's like say for example, I think it was like say you bought a house for five hundred thousand, mm. and then you sold it in three years for eight hundred thousand. Then you have to pay tax on that four hundred, yeah. no three hundred thousand. Yeah, that that it's grown in equity or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's but you, I mean, people always find ways, right? How to how to get through things, mm. um, you know, through their accountants, I guess. So you know these near near bank lenders yep. are they like um, is it risky to get in there because they've got no 
they got less stress, I guess. And no, no, they're not risky at all. They're they're real. Good. I mean, they're they're massive companies. They've been around for years and years. Mm. Um, you know, and, and they're mostly Australian companies, and they're massive in Australia. Mm. Um, so no, they're 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 real. They're, they are actually really good. I mean. If you if you go to the main bank, you can fit in the main bank. Then obviously you go to the main bank. But if you don't fit in their criteria for some reason, then there's other options out there yeah. for you to have a look. But um, but yeah, I guess my perception of them was when I was in the bank, I was like, oh, bro, those guys are rats, man. You don't want to go there because <laughs> yeah. I didn't know about them. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> it wasn't until I got into the space, and then I actually took the time. Well, I had to take the time to learn about them and you know how they can help people. It was like, oh, but you guys are actually awesome. Mm. If if it's 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 got to be fit for purpose. You don't just put in people, put people there just for the sake of putting them there. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's man, it's definitely um, growing. I speak to a lot of um, nearbank BDMs and that have meetings with them because we you know do policy training with them. And man, they're just man busy. Yeah, it's real busy. So that's what I mean. There's enough business for everyone. Mm. Um, advisors as well, you know. So yeah. You know, there was a story in the Herald, I think it was in the Herald, I think we talked about it on MTAP, the clip, there was a story about, um, they had the stats for how many Polynesians living in Auckland owned their own home, and the numbers were really, really low, mm. and um, it, w- it wasn't like that maybe 20 years ago, I think in the mid-80s, yeah. I think 80s, to 80 to 85, but uh, the numbers are re- really low. Did you hear that story? I think it came out earlier, earlier this year no I didn't, I didn't hear about that one. but then uh, I was what's your take on it why do you think that's changed I think it was some of the things we we, we we talked about already just not knowing how to to buy a house yeah. or, or thinking it's too hard or you know or, I know and this is just my opinion my experience I've I've had with some people like um, I know back in the days when their parents they owned houses in Grayland mm. so and then when they sold them they they divvied out the money to the kids in that, but the kids didn't go on and buy. Yeah, they spent it or they moved to Oz. Um, you know, I think just thinking out loud that you know that could be uh, potentially uh, why that's happened as well. Yeah, but I think then, that's one of the factors. But, but then, that comes down to like education on yeah, yeah, yeah. just knowing. Well, what, you imagine what if you're like that. twenty or something, you get like you know a large amount of money. What are you gonna do? Oh, yeah, let's go get a house. Like. Pff, we out, man. <laughs> you know, I guess that was your mindset then. I don't know. Well, I know when I was my when I was when I was at uni and I finished uni, got a job. I didn't want to get a house. I was like, I stuff that. Well, get tied down for years in the mortgage. I stuff that. I want to go around the world. Blah, yeah. blah, do this, do that. But see, this is um. But it's funny because I was watching. I think it was the news the other night, mm. and and they got these kids around and they were asking them, like they were talking about money and home ownership. You know, and, and and they ask the kids like, would this be helpful? Like, how how would you like to learn? They're like, I'll be, like, I think they're only like um, thirteen, fourteen. They're going, oh, it'd be good if we learnt this in school, because that's a big thing. Eh? Mm. If if kids learn about money, how to save, and that in school, then you know you're setting them up, you know, because that's a real world, right? Mm. Um, like, bro, because when I was at school, like, it cost them, man, bro. I was like, bro, we did eat my lunch, man. I knew nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I think life. Like I'm lucky, man. I had life, like I left school. Um, 
you know, I went to the UK and there and, and I got taught life schools, you know, like, bro, I was a mummy's boy, like everything was done for me when I was over there. Mm. Like, oh, bro, I've got to do my washing now. And so I was lucky my mate Chris came over, man, because he cooked our dinners. Yeah. But, you know, for me, um, life skills that you can't, no one can teach you that. So mm. when I was, I always used to have conversations with my staff that would go, oh, Vinny, we want to, you know, go to England, you know, do a, a um, you know, travel around Europe and that for, for a year or two. So I'd always say, I said, look, go, I'll leave your position open for 12 months, but I guarantee you won't come back. And none of them came back. Yeah. They stayed the whole <laughs> two years. Eh? And and I think, um, yeah, I'm just a big believer in life skills, mm. you know. Um, and I think um, traveling the world, I, I believe, makes you a better person because you, you know, you, being by myself, I was learning other cultures, meeting other people from other countries and like a little thing, uh, like when I was over in Seoul um, one time, and bro, and I was going through the airport, and bro, everyone was pushing me out of the way, old people and that. And when I used to be here in New Zealand, I'd be like, bro, fucking these bastards push me out of the way. But then I realized <laughs> that's the environment they grew up in. So bro, if you don't do that, bro, you get left behind, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, it was, and, and I wouldn't have known that unless I traveled to these parts of the world. That That's their mindset. They only, they're not rude. That's just how they are. It's how they grew up. Out there getting it, eh? Bro, they're just out there getting There's no only 100 around. seats, man. Like, <laughs> bro, yeah, bro. Exactly, you know? Yeah. But if I hadn't left, then... I'd still be in that mindset mm. of like, oh, bloody bastards pushing me around in there. Yeah. So that's why I always, I mean, yeah, my opinion is um, traveling the world just it opens your your life to things. You know, I remember when I left Auckland, man, bro, I never saw anyone sleeping on the streets. And then when I was in London, bro, I was just amazed at it, you know. Well, not amazed, I was just like sad. I was like, bro, there's people sleeping everywhere. And then, bro, when I came back here, I started seeing it here. I was going, fuck, what's going on in this country, man? Mm. Sad to see. Yeah, I, 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 I think going on your OE is really important, eh? Like, especially because it's a, a, it's a Kiwi thing, but it's not like yeah. a Polynesian thing. Yeah, Because you know? yeah. our, our OE is just going back to Samoa and coming back, or going back to Ireland <laughs> and come back, you know? But um, yeah, that OE is important. And I've had some friends who've been on the OE and it's done them a lot, a lot of good, like with the experiences and that. Yeah. And just surviving. Because if you're young and... You know, and you go out, you learn how to survive, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, you, you've got no choice, right? I yeah, mean, you've got no choice. There's no one there, it's just you or you might yeah. have a friend or your partner. Yeah. But I remember I was um, I was at this place in Acton called, um, oh, what was it, the Redback. But it was famous, man. Shout out to Trevor Liotta, bro. That was his um, <laughs> his local. But um, I met this, the Samoan guy and I was talking to him. I was going, oh, bro, so where are you from Auckland? He goes, oh, yeah. And I go, oh, whereabouts? And he goes, oh, self. And I go, where? And he goes, oh, Mongeer. I was going, oh, I'm mean. And then I could have bro, who the fuck is Mongeer? He goes, bro, it's Mangri. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> but I had no idea. He was going, bro, who the hell's Mongeer, man? But like, it was like, bro, yeah, I met a lot of good people like that, you know, that to be honest, I probably wouldn't have hung out with over here. Mm. But when you're all in that same boat, man, you you just migrate together and, you know, you just help out each other, look after each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that was my biggest thing of traveling, eh? I just loved it, eh? Just loved meeting the people. Um, and just yeah, sharing those experiences. I was, you know, I had heaps of the boys as well when me and Chris were there. A lot of the boys used to come over and stay with us as well. Had um, uh, Ray Isara come over and stay. stay How with old us. are you guys, by the way? Like, it's during this time, like. Oh, bro, we're about 22, 23. If I, yeah. I, I went over straight after my 21st. So I left school 
and then I went with some of my mags mates to do those travel and tourism courses. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I was like, what if this? Um, and then I went with my mate, um, Jason Pussy and his parents. When I worked at Ortex. So I worked there doing night shift. Uh. Um, but I just saved for a year. Um, but it was good money though, paying their night shift. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, just after that, and then I kept it over. Mm. And then Chris came over after, not long after. And then the boys would just come over through like playing sevens or rugby tours and then we'll catch up with them and do those crying ones when they're going home. It's like, should we go home? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was good. How long was your time in uh, London? I was if I, it was like six years in total, six or seven years, eh? Shucks. Because how does it work? Because it's different now, eh? The, um, the visas now is different, eh? Oh, no, because my dad's Irish. Oh, yeah. yeah so okay. I got an Irish passport. So, bro, it's just, yeah, I, was, I was real fortunate, eh? That's the only sad thing, like, You'd have people come over who are only on two-year visas, and mm. then they go, and then sort of new friends come in. Yeah. Um, but then Chris was on a, um, he was on a, I think it was his granddad or something. So if he stayed there for the, um, a certain amount of time, I think he could apply for a passport. I think something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was lucky I got an Irish passport, so opens up Europe and that. So that's why I, I could travel quite quite freely. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was good good opportunities. Man, you sound like you're winning, bro. <laughs> no, 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 straight up, man. Because I know when um, we've sat down and we've said that let's talk questions about life, and and I probably remembered you saying like, yeah, just being able to stretch your wings and move into something that you've wanted to do but never did it. Because yeah, yeah. and I remember you saying procrastinating was like right. one of those things that you had to sort of get over. But like now you're four years in. The kids are growing and like that's that thing like you know i always see you at family stuff like the kid stuff yeah and it's like man trying to fit all your family time into what you're doing like running the business and stuff but making time for yourself like are you are you finding that that you can do that uh yeah i think sometimes i uh, like i mean i haven't got it right you know i'm still trying to balance everything you know because you, you, i guess you know like with your sacrifice about do I go to sleep or do I take my kids, you know, I'm still trying to find my balance here as well, you know. Sometimes I'm like, um, you know, if I've got to work a couple of hours at night, then I might finish during the day early just so I can pick the kids up from school, just, you know, um, trying to balance that up. I mean, I haven't got it down packed yet, but, you know, still still, still learning um, how to do it. But I think for me it's um, having time for myself is just being at home with, with my partner and kids, Um watching them argue and fighting, you know, I'm just sitting there going, <sighs> um, but I think it's, yeah, what you do, Lichi, just being with your family, you know, and being present as well, mm. um, you know, that sort of gets me going, and, and then sort of, you know, you've got to have that, I guess, catching up with um, with the boys in that as well, you know, um, having a laugh, like, we, we don't really go out, it's too old to go out now, we just might go over to someone house, someone's house and um, have a barbie or something and just... Our partners sit there and go roll their eyes because they're going. These guys still think they're still think they're casting. We've heard the story like twenty times. <laughs> Man, but hey, that, I wish I could ask you if, if that story has changed. Like that's what I found. Like yeah, like you, know, you can always have the boys from like school. Way. What I have found is like over the years, like I'm twenty years, twenty two years out of school. But what I have found is that like the endings to certain stories. Like, I didn't know that happened at the end, or that I didn't know that's why that happened. Yeah, yeah. Like, have you found that catching up with some of the boys that oh, yeah. the real reason of why that happened? Or? Yeah, yeah, heaps of times, man. <laughs> Although sometimes it's like, 
you know, one of the boys will be telling a story, and like we've heard the story, but then he's added a bit of GST onto it, eh? <laughs> just because you know one of the other boys might have been overseas, and now he's here, eh? he's like. <laughs> but bro, we still crack up. But all of our partners, eh? They just, man, you guys, man, you guys still hang out, even like people we haven't seen since school, you know, they'll, um, you know, they see all of us, and they're like, bro, do you guys not have any new friends? You guys still together? <laughs> But I guess, I mean, it's like with Letty and his boys in there and just like us, I mean, you know, I've got other friends, but I don't know, I'm just comfortable in my own circle of, of friends in that, you know, and um, yeah. Because I think it's cool that, you know, because we always see Muzi on the TV and stuff, but then when I'm seeing them, like with your fellas, um, ads that pop up and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, God, the boys, <laughs> you know, because yeah. in my head, that's what I still see, like yeah, you guys oh. sitting under a tree or something, yeah, it's cool. I but like the seas and the business world and like seeing him on TV and that and catching up with you for like breakfast or something. It's like, man, it's so cool. And I think I owe that to Siwa like just telling me like, you know, like while you're grieving, like reflect and just see how far you've come. Yeah, yeah. And see we and remember where you started, but also like remember those who aren't here, but more so like really appreciate the small things, eh? Like you've mentioned as well. It's like I stuff think. that you'd never imagine like would you'd be seeing yourself doing, like, even just hearing that you were overseas and come back, settled, family, now mm. growing the business. And I think he's got to pinch himself sometimes, you know, because we're so, so caught up in just working and, you know, life. And Yeah, it's, yeah, you're right, man. You, you can easily just get caught up in working, eh? And, and um, you know, there's that saying, you're working to live or living to work or something like that. And then sometimes I have to, yeah, just think about, man, shucks need to slow down sometimes and spend time with the family or you know with the loved ones because i mean <clears throat> you know um it can be quite hard but it's like i'm thankful as well that i've got good mates like like you mentioned sosh you know sosh's man he's one of the those wise guys there eh? you know you can always talk to him about, about anything and you know he'll always give an honest um answer to you and then you know he might tease you later on but but nah, he's not. But he's yeah. I'm just lucky I've got good mates like that. You know, like I said, Johnny T, um, Nick Buckley, Shelton John Daly over in Brisbane. Mm. Um, yeah, just lucky that that we've got good people. You know, that we all care about each other. And you know, sometimes it's like, man, we need to um, make more time for each other as well. Mm. You know, at the same time, because you know, any one of us can go right at any stage. So. And I think the hardest thing is like, you know, going to our friends' funerals and stuff like that. And they're like, it's, but yeah, it's those things that you always say, oh, bro, we need to do more things. It's like family things, right? You only get together when there's, you know, funerals or something like that. So yeah, trying to trying to manage that as well. Because that, that's important to me, like my friends as well, mm. you know, um, having that quality time, you know, with our kids and everyone, you know, not just the boys in the garage drinking. Uh, I think that's a, big thing as well mm. man i think the more i talk to people like you on on this podcast like with, with the same kind of outline of your journey someone that's you know gone to school um did this didn't know what to do and then found something what to do and then loved it and then doing making it as a living you know and that's i think that's the perfect pathway for anybody's life you know just yeah. to just to do what you what you love and not just to wake up in the morning and and just go to work just to earn money to pay the bills yeah exactly I and mean, just you know and just be in that cycle yeah but uh, but someone that's actually not i'm i'm, I'm gonna be happy i'm gonna wake up 
my family's here my family's good i'm gonna be good because i'm i'm in, i'm doing something that i love to do you know and i'm, I'm i've got a roof over my head i've got f- food on on the table yeah i think it goes back to you know like a lot of people talk about their why i guess that's you know that's my why is like helping our people you know because you know because my mum she's moldy so you know we had we used to have a family house so this is why i'm passionate about it and then my uncle lived there and then long story short we lost the house because he didn't know who to ask about you know he got into he, he i don't know what he did but he must have borrowed money against it and they couldn't pay it and then didn't ask the family for help or anything like that because he was too shy or too embarrassed in it so i guess you know when i meet people i always think about my family or or like my uncle you know being in that being in a position where he was too embarrassed you know to ask the family that hey i need help and then you know we lost our house our family house so I think it yeah it comes back to like you know if you're passionate about something it's there's a connection there mm. in terms of why my why why I like to do it and I think as well bro the biggest thing is that we do is we don't just help people get into fam- uh, into homes but we we help them to stay in homes because it's easy like like I see with my uncle man bro lost the house you know it's, it can be easily done so for us it, it's it's it is an actual journey of not just getting people into houses but you know maintaining that relationship with them and, and, and continuing that journey um to make sure that they're good you know that they're um they're not gonna you know then go out and buy all these cars and stuff like that so mm. i think that's just as important as well as maintaining you know based remaining on that not as hard obviously because i've got into a house but you know, every every three months in that, you know, to set up a little reminder, just ring them. Hey, how's it going? You know, everything all right? Kids in that, you know, and it, and it, and I mean, they, they already love you anyway, so they're always going to be honest with you and straight up, you know. So, so you know, like some of these houses, like are these homeowners, these would have signed up in the first two years. Yeah. Like, say, some of their their rate interest rates would have become unfixed, or they'd have to revisit the bank. Would you be helping them move into like looking at um the interest rates? Like with what's happening now, yeah, like yeah, renewing yeah. the um. So yeah, when it comes off their fixed rates, yeah. Um. So yeah, they 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 um. So you know, we touch base with them, um, keep in contact, and then we know that their rates are coming off. So we ring them, go through everything in terms of what the repayments look like. So, um, how far out? Like, say a month or two? About or? three months out. Oh, okay. Yeah, about three months out. We um we set up a record date and just start having those conversations with them, um. And uh, for some reason, I don't know, a lot of our clients didn't didn't fix for two years. A lot of them went for the four or five years. So a lot of them are still, happy birthday, man. They're still on those 3% at the moment, you know, for the next two years. Um, the ones that we have had, um, they've easily been still able to, um, you know, pay the higher rate. You know, the, it's gone up. I think it was one recently I had, I got them, f- I think it was 56 so when we go to the bank, you know, we go, we want the best rates. We want that. We don't want rates that you advertise, you know. So we, we always, you know, push back um, and get the best for our clients, mm. which um, nine times out of ten, every advisor does anyway. Um, and, yeah, so we make sure that we get good rates for them and so forth like that and have that whole conversation. Um, there's a couple that I'm working with at the moment. You know, they're, they're now looking at buying an investment property, um, but we're just waiting now. Um, probably another month or so, get them get them looking at um, investment property. Yeah. 
because that's what they want to do now. They've got the itch, you know, they've bought <clears> their own house, they know how it works. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, bro, a lot of it is just, you know, a lot of our clients are just through word of mouth as well that they, they send through. Um, you know, especially with Maldives um, and PIs, you know, like, how did you guys buy a house? And they're like, oh, when I saw these guys. But, you know, at the same time, bro, there's a lot of, <clears throat> bro, a lot of sharks out there, man, that rip our people off, eh? Like, bro, it was like, we went and saw this, this family in um, Otara, and they were, um, they were talking to us, and they're like, oh, yeah, we saw this mortgage advisor, and then he said that um, if we, because uh, um, you get a, a pre-approval for three months, and he goes, yeah, if you want me to extend it again, then when I get you a house, you'll get a cash back. You have to give me part of that. And they were like, wow. hey, what the hell? <laughs> but bro, I mean, you know, there's, there's sharks out there that, that yeah. you know. And then when we told them, we're like, nah, all we do is just send an email. Mm. They were like looking at each other going, bro, lucky we didn't go with that guy. So, I mean, I guess it's in every industry, you know, there's there's sharks out there. Eh? But mm. it, it is sad sometimes just hearing some of their stories in there and you're just like, man, crazy, crazy what, what you know, people try to do just to just to make money. You know, it's like out the gate. We, I believe in good things. You know, if you're good to people, we'll come back. Yeah, one hundred, very one hundred. That's why I think. Yeah, we're lucky because you know the their their inner circles are like, how'd you buy a house? And like, oh, go and see these guys. You know, and then we help them as well. Mm. So it's it's yeah, it's good, awesome. Well, well, uh, what's your view on like? The um, fixed interest rate and then unfixed and all that kind of stuff. Oh, just risk it. But if you're so, if people are, if you're on good good money, um, then I would say fix um, probably eighty or ninety percent of your mortgage and leave the rest on floating. So say if you get a bonus and your minimum bonus every three months is like I don't know twenty grand, well then put that twenty grand on the floating bit. You know, and then it reduces your loan a lot faster. And then after the year, say if you fix this one for say two years, after you've re so you know you've got two years to repay the floating because you get, keep getting lump sums. So you close it off, and then if it's working well, then it depends on your situation. If your bonuses or whatever have increased, then mm -hmm. we can okay take a larger portion of this, put it on floating, and then pay that down. But you've got to be good with the money because nine times out of ten, you can still access that money that you're putting in in there. So like. ASB, they call it an orbit facility, which is, it's just a large overdraft. So you, you've had an overdraft? Yeah. yeah. So it's just like that, exactly the same. Yeah. Where you can pay it off, but then it's still there. You can still <laughs> go and buy it, you know, use it again, you know? Oh, right. So you've got to be good in that respect. Mm -hmm. um, um, but yeah, if used correctly, bro, amazing. Because you can pay your mortgage off a lot faster. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, but you've got to have that... Um, that income, that high income where you can afford to do that. Because the last thing, obviously, at the moment, I mean, the floating rate is a lot higher than what the fixed are at the moment. So you don't want to be have a 50,000 overdraft facility and you're just putting in 100 a week. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he told you to do that. <laughs> um, yeah. So they, they can be good. But it comes back to sort of what I said before. It's for, for purpose, you know. Mm. If, if you've got the uncommitted income that you can do that, then... I recommend doing it because, as I said, it repays. You're paying less interest over that period of time. Mm. I wonder if it's, and then we're just talking about this now, I wonder if it's, um, you know how we're talking about how um, polys are not really into this sort of stuff and it must be the fear or just the the mentality about saving. 
I wonder if it's like another thing would be like um, just scared to be transparent about how much you earn. I wonder if that's is that a big big deal. Um, Do you think? No. Oh, I reckon New Zealanders are, are normal for a day. Mm. So I met a um, I met a American guy, someone, and he's an investor. He he uh, he's a few businesses, but. He just asked out loud, like, oh, man, can I, do you mind if I ask, but, like, how much you earn a year? Mm. And then I sort of saw it, like, oh, wow, like, that's an American thing, because it's not just him. I've heard it from other guys that come from the States. Yeah. Like, they go, oh, what, what sort of work you do? Construction. Oh, so you, you'd be on, like, this big salary, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's more, I think, more of an interest in, oh, man, you could maybe become an investor with what you, what you earn sort of thing, you know? Yeah, I think it's it's just a different mindset. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I mean, I could be wrong. Did you at your house when you grew up? Did you guys talk about money? No. Like, yeah, no, no, just no how way. much how much needs to be in my bank account? I'll just uh, for the rent. Tell TV is like you, you're wasting the power. <laughs> the only time I talk about money when I started working is like, hey, where's your board money? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I just think it's it's a mind shift thing. Hmm. I mean. I mean, I, I could be totally, there could be other people that think different, but just in terms of the people I've spoken to or just through my experiences, you know, um, even to the point where I've spoken to my friends. I mean, I felt uncomfortable speaking to my friends' parents to get them into a mortgage going, oh, how much do you guys, I need to know yeah, how much you earn. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? That, that, that little, oh, the money for jumping, you know, that kind of thing. But, but the... But the but I guess yeah, it's a mind, it's a mm-hmm. mindset thing because that's my perception. But then they just openly tell me. Yeah. But then yeah. I don't want to be rude. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess it's. I think it just comes. We just have to have that change of mindset. Mm. You know. At the end of the day, I mean, we all know people earn money. I mean, it doesn't really matter what we earn. I mean, I personally, that my opinion, no. But yeah, I guess some people just don't want to. You know, I think as individuals, people got to get that out of their head. Like, oh, you earn, or like, assume people earn good money, or yeah. like, you know, assume that a certain amount is good enough to say it's good money. Because yeah, I get, I get a bit tired hearing like people get, bro, that guy's on good money, man. He should be able to do this. But like, bro, just worry about what's happening in your life, man. Far out. Yeah, I man. think it is. A, it is a mind shift, and you, you hear businesses in America. I've heard that they are transparent in their company of how much the mm. workers make yeah what yeah. they earn because what it does it makes them think okay he's he's earning more than me i better, well, I better so do so i better that, do good so what you say it takes me back to when i used to be in banking so mm. but at the time because i was there like i didn't realize it until i got out of it and bro it was like you could look at it as real bad so at the end of the day we would come and have a debrief and we had a leaderboard of everyone that worked in the bank so you could see so we'll come and go you know, I go, okay, Cam, how many credit cards today? You know, and the whole team's you're like, oh, nothing. I'm like, oh, yeah, donut. Yeah. <laughs> so did you get any insurance to say? No, oh, another donut. <laughs> but you know, like that environment, bro, like when I was in it, bro, mm. it was just normal to me. Yeah. But then when I got I was like, bro, then, you know, you're going to get people, yeah, I'm just using you as an example, like Cam feeling like that. So he's just going to go and sell a credit card to an old lady because he doesn't want to come at the end of the day and say, oh, no, I've got another donut. Yeah. You know, it, it creates a real toxic environment mm. yeah. where I've always been the belief of going back to just have conversations. If there's if there's a product that the bank has and you explain to them how it can benefit the client, but they'll take it. But if you just, because I used to have friends come in and see me 
um, when I was in the, the bank and they always go, and then like they'll go, oh, we'll have lunch. And I go, oh yeah, come into the branch and get me. And they're like, oh, fuck that. Man. Every time I come in there, I go, oh, is Vinny there? And they go, oh, where's your Kiwi server? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I, was, I think, ASP Nick Ray was classic for that, man. <laughs> I'm just here to do a deposit. He goes, um, have you looked at it? <laughs> you know what I mean? But when you're in it, yeah. you don't realize, hey, you're like, bro, we just have to, you know, I don't want to be the guy at the end mm. of the day where everyone's looking at So, Vinny, what'd you get? <laughs> don't know, bro. Um, well, you know what you're talking about? You're talking about um, sales, eh? Sales and sales. Like yeah, sales. Because yeah, you have KPIs and all yeah. that. Yeah. And it's probably the difference between the car salesman and the, like, yeah. you know, someone that's, you know, that's having a relationship with the with, with the customer. Because you're right, it's all about conversations. It's about knowing what the customer wants and helping them out for yeah. what they want, not what they what you think they want. Yeah, exactly, eh? right? Yeah. <laughs> but that's where, that's where it can be get met. Um, you know, blurred lines because the guy mm. doesn't want to come back at the end of the day, but the man's got nothing in. Yeah. <laughs> ASP are good, bro, because I tell you, man, I've been in there, the one in the mall, man. I went in there to get like a life insurance. Fuck, I ended up getting a top up on a loan that I didn't even need. I was thinking to myself, fuck, did I just transfer my car from EGC over to them? Like, what the fuck? Bro, bro, yeah, and that's massive, you know, it goes back to, um, you know, the sales techniques that we were taught. Mm. Um, you know, like little things like um, asking open-ended questions, you know, like they train us, you know, train you oh. how to have those conversations in it. So you don't ask a question where the client says yes or no. They have to give you an answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. That's why, like, I was, like, when I became a manager, I was happy because I, I taught my staff just how to have conversations. Like, I said, you know, I know we're in a sales environment. The sales will come if you're genuine. Mm. But if you, if someone comes in, you... You know, selling them, you know, I came in just to dep- deposit my money. Oh, yeah, where's your life insurance? <laughs> you know, because probably that's what it was like. Yeah, you know, honestly, yeah. man, it was like that. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, bro, it was it was crazy as well, though, um, being in, in banking, especially for me, like, bro, because I had no education, you know, and then when I became a manager, I used to have a lot of people going, oh, so what uni did you go to? I was like, oh, bro, I didn't go to uni. Yeah. I'm like, bro, how did you become a manager? It's like, oh, you're working hard? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And all these, bro, there's some people, my staff, man, they're like, bro, had master's degrees and stuff mm. like that. But then, like, but I used to be, I mean, especially like, um, like I had a Chinese guy, man, like, bro, such a good guy. He's, he's like an islander, but he's like, like a still Chinese harder. He's from mm. China. Mm. And he used to struggle because I used to have to sit in and coach them. So I'd say, hey, bro, I'm going to come in and move this client. I'll just sit there and um, just just do your thing. But it would be bro, real awkward, eh? Because he, he, he was good with, like, people he knew. But if he had a client come in, bro, it was, like, awkward silence, eh? And then so I used to just jump in and just, bro, just have a comment, like, oh, what are you guys doing today? Oh, where are you going? Oh, yeah, and stuff like that. And then... um. You know, after that, I would leave, I'll speak to him, and then he'll like turn around and goes, Bro, how do you, you're like a magician or something. How do you talk to people like that? It's like, Bro, he just asks them how their day is, and you know, it's just off, off the back of that. Right. You know, it's, it's not rocket science, but I used to just laugh out or think to myself, you know, people put up these boundaries or, um, you know, make it real hard for themselves mm. um, just by, like, I don't know, they, they're probably not used to socializing with people because you know there's few introverts in that which is all good you know mm. um but yeah i just i just found it funny how but all these people with master's degrees in there couldn't even just talk man yeah you know like fuck, it honestly used to blow my mind eh? 
yeah, I feel that. I, I feel that because you know, well, a lot of these these guys that come in at the uni, they just they just know how to be taught something, yeah. follow instructions, like read the books and then yeah, then yeah, write yeah. the answers, you know. Yeah. And but then the if they're hard on on that, then their homes put their head on the books. They're just studying all the time. They don't have that inter- human interaction. They, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. you you went overseas, you went around the yeah. world, and and you know you had those those life skills. You know that that I think maybe they don't know how to balance that. Or, yeah, you know. And I think you're right. Like especially like being a mortgage advisor. Like you know, I will give you an example. I, I was sent through a deal, right? And then someone like they had two jobs, but they they can only use that income after they've been in that second job for three months um so sent it through the person came back and goes oh as per policy it doesn't fit and then i was like having a look i was going bro it would be three months the day after settlement like bro like come on you where's the common sense here then he kept coming he goes now we kind of say okay can you because we have relationships with um they're called bdms so i went to the bdm and i spoke to him and he's an old school banker he goes, yeah, that's an approval every day of the week. He goes, what's wrong? I said, bro, they're pushing back because I had in my notes that they'll be a day short of three months. And he's just going, oh, don't worry about it. And then he got it approved in the end. But it's like like those little things, like mm. there's just no common sense. You know, they yeah. just, especially when they came back or as per policy, I was going, oh, bro, they're fine. <laughs> I mean, you can't say that to them, but you know what I mean? But yeah, so the, the, I think um, for me personally in banking, there's a lot of people just don't use their common sense mm. you know like there's stuff that we can mitigate that might not be as per policy like that deal was but but what's one day you know what i mean yeah like you get, get quite a few of those eh? and sometimes you're just like bro these guys are playing up man mm. but then you understand i mean <clears throat> when you speak to them on the phone you just know that they're they they, they just buy the book you know the, the, it doesn't fit our criteria because it's you know a week out or something like that mm. so you know when you've had all these experiences that when you used to work at the bank and then you, you got your own business now you're sort of free of that but now you can look back and see yeah it must oh, be yeah. cool way like to see what you can change or what you know what you can bring across and what you can leave behind in yeah. terms of like the the way they do things in sales and the bank and yeah like i mean yeah but there's a lot of good things um you know i've learned in banking and I guess for me the key ones are just uh, relationships that mm. I've built within the bank, um, you know. Because yeah, there's a lot of good people there, and and but I mean, just in terms of like my journey, like f- f- you know, I could have just stayed on that path of bro, just sell, 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 you know. But, but who cares if I'm selling to this person or what person, you know? But you know, when you know, because can, you can easily get caught up in that because mm. everyone, it's that's the environment. But I don't know, bro, just one day if I just sort of woke up and said, bro, this is like rubbish, man. And, mm. bro, I'll be honest, I wasn't the best salesman. But, bro, once I changed my mind like that, bro, then bro, I was like to the top, man, top of the leaderboard, you know. Um, and it was little, just little changes or little things that I felt that I needed to do. Um, and then, yeah, my results, man, just skyrocketed when I was at the bank. Mm. That was just because I took that... You know, I changed my mindset. Is instead of just selling, I'll, I'll help people, and then yeah, from that just grew. And and it's funny it happened in the bank. I know exactly amongst the environment. So no. that's what I mean. So when I became a manager, that's what I try to instill in my team. That, but if you see 
someone coming and don't run up to them and go, hey, where's your Kiwi server? You know, say hello, introduce yourself. You know, what are you up to today? And through those conversations, you'll find out, you know, what they're here for. Um, you know, if they're here just to withdraw deposit money, just let them do it. Don't, um, yeah, try and sell stuff. Did you get any feedback from the higher-ups? Because it sounds to me like, you know, you're, you're in this um, culture at work where you, 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 you didn't agree with and decided to do the opposite and it made you manager. And then... Yeah, I know. Right? To me, uh, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I know. It's, well, it, it was the fact that I was still meeting KPIs, right? So I was still mm. getting those sales and I was exceeding sales, right? Yeah. But I wasn't pushing it. I was doing it my way, which was through having, you know, I used to say just genuine conversations, finding out, you know, what you needed or, you know, it would be like someone's come in, I've done their home loan, and then while I'm doing their home loan, I'll speak to them, I go, well, you know, has anyone spoken to you about like, um, you know, mortgage cover or, you know, s- stuff like that. So eventually when they were left, I would have, well, I'll call it sell, I hate the word sell, but I would have given them these products that they did need, but I didn't force it upon them. I just said, you know, you need this. Here's a quote. If you want me to do it, I'll do it for you. If you want to go elsewhere, then, you know, go take this and get a comparison quote. And then they'll come back and go, no, we'll just do it for you, Vinny, because you know you're the only one that's straight up with us you know because <laughs> honestly bro like some of the some of the complaints i used to get when i was a manager i was just be rolling my eyes going bro what the hell um but yeah it's just genuine conversations mm. and that's where how i started performing really well by just having honest chats and no one they didn't uh, well they wouldn't come in because I was ex- exceeding my expectations. So, you know, you don't pick on the ones that are doing good, right? It's the ones that are getting the donuts. You've got to go, oh, I better go and invest my time. Why are they not selling or why are they not doing well? Mm. So I didn't have any but issues. It all makes sense to me if, if the corporation would, would look at you as an example of, oh, he must be, what, what is Vinny doing that's, you know, doing good? And they look at it, oh, no, nah, he's, he's doing opposite what we, <laughs> Yeah, well, he's doing opposite what the culture is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they would change it then. I guess, well, well, they did. So when I was at BNZ, it was all about genuine conversations in my last year when I was at BNZ. It was a, um, but then with that being said, that there was the talk about the removing uh, the leaderboards in that. Um, so their f- the focus there was, okay, you've got to have three genuine conversations and off that you've got to identify, say, two products. So it wasn't selling the product, it was identifying what they need and then you'd have to do a follow-up piece to say, hey, I spoke to you about, you know, a credit card. Um, would you still like the credit card? And versus, um, oh, yep, you've come in for, you know, um, I don't know, a, a top-up on your mortgage. Well, you know, with your mortgage, I'm going to give you a $10,000 credit card because you automatically apply for that. It's a platinum one. These are the features you're going to get, you know? So it was just, it was a it was a changing, I guess, of the guard in that time in terms of, selling versus and then changing it to general conversations mm. um because at, at that time when i was leaving the bank and that's when the that whole big thing in australia the royal commission was happening around that what was that um it started through selling products that clients didn't oh. need oh, i've seen, I've seen yeah. a movie around something like that yeah. and it was a bank that ended up falling so it's massive yeah, and so then that. so obviously because the banks or i mean new zealand wasn't involved but because we're owned, we obviously had to make sure that that stuff wasn't happening. But it was. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Lincoln Road. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's yeah, amazing so. how those sort of stories can surface too, man. Like, 
just by you know falsifying documents or people who do weren't even alive man. yeah man there was, was crazy. A, yeah, in australia man there was massive hey, it was real, i remember the ceo of um bnz at the time um no he he was the um he's a kiwi guy i've forgotten his name he was the ceo of bnz and then he got the job of ceo of nab so bnz is owned by nab in australia so the man had nothing to do with the Royal Commission, but the man had to go to court because he's the CEO of Navy. <laughs> Bro, I would have been like, unlucky else. <laughs> but then I think he, uh, I don't know what, I think he, he had to leave or re- resign or something. But mm. I don't think he had any um, major influence on that time because he was at the CEO of BNZ. So, but I don't know. But yeah, that, that changed um, a lot of the banking for good mm. um, around the sales aspect things, you know, and... Because I knew people used to, you know, some of my mates they'd stress out if they didn't get a sale at the end of the day. Um, whereas me, bro, I didn't care. Vinny, what'd you get? I just got a donut. <laughs> <laughs> See you in the office, eh? But um, but nah, yeah, it was, it was a strange, strange times, man. When I look back at it now. Mm. Because were you working at the bank when the the housing uh, crash happened in two thousand and eight? Um, nine in, in so America. I, yeah, I was I was um, doing some stuff in um, was I here? Or was I in the UK? I think I was in the UK. But when I started in the UK, I was in a different department. I was in in a retail space. I was like um, one of the head offices for Royal Bank of Scotland. So oh. I didn't it, it impacted. It didn't have any impact in terms of what I was doing as a job. But um, what it impacted um, UK as oh yeah, yeah hard man with, with the whole thing the, crashing yeah. because what the so you know what they were doing if effective my understanding is they were like say you say that your house here is worth say a million dollars but the bank will give you say a million dollars the value of your house and go oh yeah here's an extra hundred as well to go and buy mm-hmm. you know yeah. a Corvette <laughs> so they were giving away money and the, but the security they had didn't even match and then when the houses dropped bruh, they had mm. all the said that's when the heaps of people had to forfeit on homes and stuff like that. It was um, it was crazy. Yeah, there's a cool um, documentary on that called Inside Job. Right. Yeah. And they talk about all of it, like just how they invented a, a system. Yeah, yeah. Of you know, banks give out loans, and then the bank can sell their loan to another yeah, yeah, bank, yeah. and then they they sell it to investors around the world. I know. Yeah, it's 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 like um, but I remember when I was at the bank, man, as well. Like they had this um. I've forgotten his name, but he was an investment guy, and he w- he had clients all around the world, and he would basically I think he would just document um, his letters to his clients and send it to them himself. But I think he was like he was doing something with their money. Eh? It was like massive. And then I remember, but everyone was effed off because we had a, a income freeze, and no one got pay rises that year. Oh, <laughs> the man, bro, millions and millions of dollars, eh? But I mean, hats off to the bank. They they paid what he promised him, mm. you know, so they didn't lose money. But man, yeah, that was crazy. I remember that was real crazy in the banks. Even I was like, oh, bro, this guy, man. Mm. But his people lost their jobs because of that, eh? Yeah, a lot and of people lost their jobs. And then, and then the biggest, I mean, this is my opinion as well. Like the biggest thing for me is when I worked in banks, you know, it was generally about the people. And then what you would have seen is, um, you know, probably two years or no actually probably four years before I left banking they started introducing the smart ATMs and what people you know the tellers and that were happy because they're like oh yeah the customer can just go there get a withdrawal deposit but then what they didn't realize is bro these machines are replacing you guys oh yeah (laughs) so you would have like I know West City 
You know, I remember when I see I had like 18 staff, bro, cut down to nine mm. because they introduced all the smart ATMs and stuff like that. So we didn't need tellers. But at the time, they were happy because they're like, oh, yeah, man, we don't need to you know, uh. do all that stuff. <laughs> man, I got to ask this question, bro, because I can understand if they want to answer it, man. But was there ever a time that someone ever walked into the bank with a note and passed it across? <laughs> Bro, the one time they did, bro, it was at Lincoln Road, BNZ, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> bro, it was, um, I had just gone to the back. I know, do you know Tolu? Ikitao. He's the big guy they work there, big islander guy. Oh, probably by face. Sorry, Tolu, I'm going to tell the story. <laughs> uh, nah, it wasn't bad, but yeah, basically someone came in. I had just gone to the back and then they came in and gave a note over one of the things. And they just said to, you know, I always say, bro, just give the money, the money's insured, you're not... And then one of the girls came running at the back because uh, my office was at the back. And so I had just left to go walk. And then, but it must have happened within 10 seconds. And just gave whatever money he had. And then, bro, it took off. And then they, she came, ran to the back to tell me. And then, um, yeah, we just had to lock down everything. But then I think sort of, um, you know, after things, what they realized what happened, then one of the boys, you know, one of the tellers were like, if that man bro, open the door, fucking go look for him, smashing me. Then we had to go, yeah, had to go and have a meeting on a Saturday with the police and all stuff like that. And then when I caught up with him, he goes, Bro, I remember the face here, bro. We went driving with my uncles at night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, calm down, else. <laughs> but I remember like Kiwi Bank and when Police 10 7 was sort of like. And they had, I think it was the first toast. Yeah. And then it was just a series of robberies, eh? Like, just straight notes, man. Like, yeah. one on K Road and one on, I like, knew, you know? I think the guy that did us was the guy that did the ANZ in uh, West City. Same person. What made it worse, but he was dressed up as a lady. He was a fuffer. Oh, That was doing the bank robberies, eh? Because the police came and told us that they eventually caught them. Um, but they had done a number of, number of, um, things but bro there's been some close calls man like i remember at glen eden asb um do you guys do you know joel oliver oh bro he's like um, you know steve oliver yeah the, it's his um, little cousin but he's like bro, massive like arnie bro bodybuilder oh. um but he was our assistant manager i remember this guy just came in bro effing and blinding bro like he's going i'm gonna smash anyone up in this branch and then I came out, I was like, oh, bro, what's wrong? And he was going, oh, F you too. I was going, oh, sweet thing. <laughs> okay, behind my counter. And he goes, where's the manager? I want to speak to the FM manager. And then I was like, oh, you're sweet, bro. I'll go get the manager. And I went in, because Joel went to Kelston as well. Um, I said, bro, he, he was downstairs, sorry, because it's two levels that he's been there. Our staff room's downstairs. And I said, bro, there's this crazy dude upstairs, man, swearing. He's going to bloody, wants to speak to the manager. Bro, and then Joel, bro, comes up, bro, Matt, bro, he's like, I think he's about six, 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 yeah. but he's like, bro, massive, <laughs> tight shirt, and like, when you open the door, he can't walk, he's got to walk like that, yeah. but he comes out, and the guy just goes, oh, he goes, oh, mate, can, can I have a word to you? <laughs> bro, everyone in the bus going, bro, this guy's playing up, bro, bro he pulled in the heat, man, and then now he changes, bro. <laughs> But bro, it was, it was, that was probably one of the, like, I thought we were going to get robbed then, eh? Mm. Bro, I was like dropping it. But then I thought, oh, nah, he would have done something by now. That's why I tried to talk yeah, to him. And he was yeah. like, fuck, bro, I'll give you anything to play. <laughs> Close the door. Oh, yes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's touch wood, man. I've been lucky. But I, I've known some other people that have gone through it, and bro, mm. like real bad, man. Real bad, eh? Like some of them even had to leave, mm. leave banking, you know, because they had guns put in their face. Mm. Um, oh, so yeah, I was just lucky, man, my whole 
a career in banking that nothing serious happened. Um, yeah, I can't imagine what you'd feel like. Be pretty hard to get. Mm. I mean, sometimes, yeah, people just do things, you know. I mean, look what's happening now, man, all these ram raids. Like, I think that's just more of people aren't desperate. That's now just uh, like a cool thing to do now because they're all young kids, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, is, it, is, it the, like, is it the fad or whatever you call it? Let's yeah. go do a ram raid or something? Yeah. Like, and social media doesn't help it either. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's the biggest thing, eh? Like, you know, we touch wood, we didn't grow up with... You know, camera phones when I was at school and that. Man, I wish when I was at school that we uh, we had the balls to get past at the banks, man. Bruh. <laughs> but it's out that gate, right? Like, shucks, man, it's out of it. But I, um, yeah. I, th- I think as well, like, I mean, I know you came because, did you get a course then? No, I oh. went to uh, Whitech. Oh, yeah. Um, you probably hear it all the time, but... Uh, Another thing why I think I'm succe- well, I was successful in banking is because I went to Calston. Like I truly believe that just it, it taught me resilience. Like I remember, um, like when we used to have our one-on-ones with our managers. You know, I said, "Oh, I want to be a bank manager one one day." Brent just flat out laughed at yeah. me. <laughs> Brent, in my mind, I was like, "Oh, fucking show you one day." Uh, you know, that's and, good. You hold on to that, dude. Oh, bro, the, uh, uh, you know, I uh, and, and like I, I, I truly believe that I learned that f- from growing up Calston, and that mm. you know, just you know, when people say you can't do this, you can't do that, bro. Fuck, remember where you're from, man. Bro, you can we can do anything. I too talk with that, bro. Bro, hard. It's just like spot on. You're you gonna be in a factory, manufacturing, bro. and pretty much quitted my life. But to go back and tell him, like, <laughs> bro, this is what this is where I'm at now. Be like, see, I told you it worked. You did like uh, motivation on this. I remember, but there's a true story, like, um, I think it was the end of 97, and um, me and Wax were playing third 15, and they had a meeting in the hall who wanted to go to South Africa for the World Cup, and so me and Wax went in, and then Spotter looked at us, and he goes, hey, mate, you guys get out, you guys don't even know how to play rugby properly. (laughs) But I just... Bro, I was like, oh, yeah, whatever, spotter, bastard. But, bro, Wax goes, bro, fuck, I'll show you this old dude one day, bro. And mm. I was like, oh, bro, don't worry about it, man. Because I used to, when I used to get cheeky to Wax, I used to call him John. I said, man, John, don't worry, man, let's go. <laughs> go tuck shop, bro. But then all, like, Buckley and them were all in there in the meeting and that. Bro, but Wax was, tuck these. Like, bro, fuck, I'll show you these guys, bro. And, um, bro, it wasn't until I was overseas. And then, bro, I remember I was in a pub and I was watching an Auckland game. And they go, Sean Lawaki, and then I looked on the TV. And I was going, very nice, because we took, we didn't call him Wax back then. It was just um, you know, Sean and it. I was going, bro, is that Sean there? And I looked, bro, like he had filled out because he used to be quite skinny when we were at school. He was, mm. he was always mm. quite tall. And then that's man, when I saw that, I was like, oh damn! And then bro, it took me back to that conversation. Yeah, like I don't know if he he held on to that. No, he would have, bro. But like, I, I remember, I remember that when me and Wax went in and Spotter just looked at us. He goes, oh, "You guys get out of here." <laughs> but I was happy with that man. I was money rugby. Indian. I was wanted to go for the boys, but I remember. Um, <laughs> I think um, that really a math teacher, Mister Knight, said the same thing to Hummy in class. Oh, yeah. Like we were in math. <laughs> I don't know what he said, eh? But he goes, "You know what?" He goes, "You know what?" You're gonna feel it one time in your life when you become an adult. You know you probably won't ever own a home. Yeah. Said shit like that, man. And I remember I'm going, sir. I'll be in the NRL, and I'll have, I'll pay someone to do my accounts. <laughs> I'll pay someone. Yeah. But because I remember him talking about like properties and stuff. But yeah, he said that to him, and I remember. And like some of the boys talk about it as well. You remember Mister Knight when he said that to you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got a few houses now. That guy. But 
Yeah, when teachers say stuff out loud like that. Which is like the same thing, yeah. Remember we talked about his oh, teacher? Oh, yeah, yeah, his teacher. But, but do you, because I asked that question to him, like, do you reckon that the teacher knows this just to get something out of the kids? Yeah, well, yeah. As a motivation? Be, Watch yeah. this, I'll make him... I, you're not going to be, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I remember we used to be sitting in school and, like, I think it was Spotter again. He'll come walk past. He goes, oh, yeah, this is the doll queue in a few years. And it was like, oh, what out of it, guy? Um, you know, it's just, yeah, I don't know if it was motivation. I mean, yeah. I reckon it was very because I remember walking through and with the principal, you know, we're walking through the um, yeah. office block and I remember saying, bringing it up again. Yeah. And he goes, you know what? For some, it doesn't, mm. it doesn't, nothing clicks, you know? Sometimes you say those things, but, yeah. you know, whether you get the message out of it. Whether it resonates with their mean. Yeah. But yeah, just, f- I don't know why I always remember that. And then I've always, um, yeah, wondered if this was sort of made, you know, Sione sort of like, bro, if you, I'll show you, you know? Mm. Obviously, you know, went on to great things. So I was to see a one funny moment we had, me and that guy, and um, our other mate Lua in our English class. Characters, bro. Characters, man. Hard case. It's that thing from, because I always hear it from, from this guy, you know, c- coming from that school. It's, it's, that, it's that brotherhood, eh? That lasts forever, eh? Yeah. But in the, like I've heard people on you know on your podcast and like ev- even around like you know people talk about brotherhood, but it like like bruh, I I can't explain it like bro, it just like there's a there is a connection like you know I remember bro um, on the tube in London and this guy was wearing it was just a, it was an old school um, Calston hoodie. But we didn't even know who the hell he was. He was older than us. Mm. And we just went and we go, oh, you go to Calston? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. And we're like, oh, yeah, bro, we went to Calston. Mm. But then, bro, we just got off the tube and went for a beer and just had a chat. Oh, like, true. straight after oh. that. Like, <laughs> nice. Just little things like that, man. Like, I think it just brings an instant connection mm. um, and stuff. I mean, yeah, for me, that's that's how I, I, I um, look at it. But, yeah, it's it's it's, it's definitely a strong brotherhood, really. It's, yeah, no, it's good. I mentioned to Ken before he arrived. Just, um, do you still sit on the the board like the the one that Uncle Dwayne set set up? Yeah, so I'm still officially the chairman, but um, <laughs> but I just yeah, I've spoken to them and they know that I just I don't have the time to do it. Like I'll I'll remain on the board, but um, yeah, I think we're looking at bringing in um, someone else and that. But yeah, it's <clears throat> it's awesome, but it was hard because when I sort of took over, it was um, COVID hit. And so but we couldn't really do any fundraisers and stuff like that. Um, but then, yeah, there's a few. But it's good to see that, you know, you're up on the stage handing that check over to those guys <laughs> in the pathways, whatever, um, you know. Pathways in the ring back, oh, um, the check bounced. <laughs> <laughs> nah. It, oh, it's good. It's good, that side of things, you know. But, like, I, I don't like being sort of the, the front or face of things. Um that's why, like, when the stuff went down at, um, uh, remember that time at Dilas? <laughs> <laughs> Give him <laughs> the shopful. Give him the shopfuls. <laughs> Very lucky I got brothers like Letty and, you know, the boys to. Are you going to tell that story now? Oh, uh, no, that's on the back of all that, um, that, that fighting in there. Post, oh. Polyface, eh? Or the fight, the stabbings and that. Mm. And then we ended up going over to Dilas to, um, Sort of like show face and like break bread because the first game of the round was against Lasso. Hmm. So it was like a week in between the stabbing and the first game. They were either going to can the game or 
They were like, nah, you can't do that because then it's going to throw the points off for the round robin. But we ended up going out there breaking bread, took a took a mat. And yeah, because their, um, their foundation or their old boy's um, president, eh? and he's well-known, yeah. well-respected in, in uni, he said a few words. And then, you know, oh, hence, okay, I've organised it with Eddie and some of the other guys, Lorenzo, and that. But because Ben was there, it was like, oh, I know, if he's speaking, I should pass that over. Because I said to Eddie, oh, I know, he's a chief. Lorenzo's there, Jeremy was there, but it's like, oh, actually, oh, come and study behind me. So I, I so turned back, doing I turned back, <laughs> really, what is this? <laughs> and he did the, he faced John. Did the, did the hospital ones, man, to the boys, eh? But yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I love doing the hard work, but bro, I just hate being out front and mm. talking. You like, that's why I was nervous coming here, man, because I, I don't really like talking. I mean, I love talking, you know, but just sort of out front. Um, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm never comfortable sort of giving out or talking on behalf, mm. you know, because I'm, I'm not really that good at speaking um, publicly anyway. But I need to, I need to, I keep telling myself I need to go and do what are those things you can go and do? Those courses or something like uh, public speaking courses, yeah, like yeah, man. I reckon a few more of these, even if you jump on and empty out the club, man, you'll be <laughs> mate, oh, where's the camera? Where's the camera? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I need to, I definitely need to get better at it. Something mm. that yeah, I guess will work on for me. But I was just blessed, man, have these guys' theories. Like, so you're gonna say something, <laughs> <laughs> sweet dude. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's something I didn't get when I was at, at, at my school, like, we didn't have any. I know it's a co-ed school, but th- there's nothing after that, you know? There's no, like, um, old boys, old girls, yeah. old... Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no... It's like, there's no club or anything. There's no, you know, not club, but no... It's no, Connection. There's no more I, yeah, connection anymore. 100%. I agree, because, like... Because I went to Avondale first, because mm. I grew up in Avondale. And then um, and then I went to Calston. So, like, my Avondale boys are, like, all boys of my Calston boys. Because, like oh. you say, there's... They don't really, you know, yeah. remain, or there's no sort of, um, yeah, connection after. There's a few of them, even though boys that that still um, stay, but they sort of once again they know all my custom mates, so we mm. just all hang out together. I feel that's it's like a, a co-ed thing. I think co-ed schools are hard to get something out of it, eh? like that. Yeah, because I know the the girls' schools have a connection back there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well. They do. Yeah. So um, my partner and all her friends, they still, yeah, still yeah. as tight as they were. Um, but the I think the the boys' schools like Calston or or De La Salle was St. Paul's, you know that mm. you have the old boys from generations, you know, and they yeah, all yeah, exactly. connect back to the school in some way. Yeah, yep. like you saw that old man with the Calston yeah. jersey well, on yeah, the tube, exactly. you know, and like that's crazy. Yeah, it must be something about your yeah, co-ed school, and I guess I don't know they just don't have that. I mean, I'm I'm sure there's pockets that you know there's mm. two or three or four friends that still remain tight, but on a large scale, probably not. I'd mm. say. Because are you still tight with your white tech boys or? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, are the ones that I went to to primary with. Yeah. In, yeah. Intermediate. Yeah. So that connection comes all the way from when we first started school. Yeah. yeah. But was Shanahan your principal when you were there? N- nah, I was before that. Oh yeah. I think my last year was ninety six. Oh, okay. Oh, true. I'm I'm just proud there. Like on a grand scale, like something as small as custom, like you know, it's the in, like if you Google it, it says we're the only all boys state school out west. 
But like, if you see the comparison and like, and you, because we know how much money gets chucked at, check mm. shit gets chucked at our school. But you think about who we compete with, like within like the one A comp, and they, they, they're seen as the Ivy League schools have so much money. It's like, bro, we yeah. hold our own, and especially for West Auckland. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. I think we definitely punch above our weight. Yeah, we as in, I mean like the school custom especially uh, like you say the rugby mm. like I remember when I was at school like the boys they were all leagueies but they weren't allowed to play first 13 they could only play first 15 and then I remember um, one of my mates um, that I grew up with when I went to Carlson he was still at Avondale Francis Melly and they were forcing him to play first 15 but he didn't want to he was playing he was at Maris Rugby League and I think the principal like took him. I think it was like the home show. Was it? Remember the poor home show? But he yeah, took yeah. him on there. And then after the man just went to St. Paul's, he said, if this, <laughs> I was like, he the hell takes a little like a student, you know, onto like a national TV thing and does that, calls him out on it. But that's what I mean. I think Carlston, um just a lot of potential. Well, when we were there, they were like soccer champs, softball, mm. basketball, um, and it was all. Basically, homegrown. I think the only guy from out of the area in that team was um, was probably Millsy. I think that wasn't from originally from Calston. You know, the rest were all West Aucklanders: Sammy T, Jagger, Johnny mm. Fanua. Mm. I love how we um, how when we started doing like when we were doing catch ups, it's like the generations, like you know, the guys who had left when I started sort of yeah. thing, and then you guys like guys older than news, you know and then we just sort of thought like that oh man start coming back to support the boys you know with them not knowing like oh, the school needs our help man like trying to just try and get our it's kids good coming to see back yeah. to school there's because I remember me and Laura were talking about it oh, probably a year or two ago like my first memory of Mickey Lee Custom, like we were going, look at this little kid's shoulders. This guy's got to fold people, <laughs> but like because we didn't n- know him because he was a you know a third former. And then I remember, like, you know, Lua, like, bro, big Tongan guy, don't mess with him, bro. I remember we were by the tuck shop, and, and Mickey just came running around and like just jumped up, slapped his head, and just kept running, laughing. And <laughs> was going, if and else had a little shitty, <laughs> like, oh man. And then, like, you know, obviously going on my own journey, and then sort of catching back up with you know these dudes and seeing seeing them now and that like bro that's that's what I like eh? just reconnecting with the, the younger guys and, the, mm. and and um yeah seeing how well they're doing as well you know and as well for this guy you know um <coughs> especially for the old boys you know a lot of um but this guy behind the scenes bro he holds a lot of it together eh? and um yeah he does heaps for us man he always reaches out to us you know checks in with us that's why I think, especially like my friends of our age, we're like what forty three, you know. We always, you know, always thankful for, um, you know, being friends with Letty at, at this age, especially. Mm. We always, you know, when I tell the boys, like with Sosh, I said oh, I'm gonna go do it, and then like this guy knows if I get one of them, bro, they're all gonna come. <laughs> like I was saying to the old bro, it's like, like and this was like not even the shit. This was probably like when we were still at the old studio. Yeah, I just said to him like, oh man. This, this is perfect, like, you know, because I know when I started watching them and I was like, man, the old boys and like, as well as having the commission yarns and then I sort of said, oh man, you know what, he should be in the thick of this is fun because, yeah. well, he's the chair of the KAB, you know, yeah. I was like, true, but realising like when the window did present itself and that's why I said, bro, that's all about timing, yeah. 
Mm. But I knew, like, if we keep one guy on, watch the domino effect, man. Like, you know, everyone's going to be oh, very, if you get the opportunity, man, jump on. Yeah. Because yeah, you reached out to Sammy, eh? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, he reckons he'll be in the country next week for that Fight for Life. Yeah, yeah. He told me he's going to talk. I spoke to him last night and I said that I was doing it today. So he was saying, oh, yeah, no. Uh, I'll, I'll do it Well you know Maybe right, that's the other thing I don't want to be telling this guy And then This guy is a Build ups man Yeah I know You know maybe right Like I would never no. like, I, yeah, that's I don't want to be him. known as a build ups I said bro Make sure you do it then He goes no no I'll do it I said oh yeah sweet So yeah That should be a good night When is it 27th of April Yeah I've reached out to Isaac's wife as well So Oh yeah Yeah I was supposed to try and wrap up By the end of May Oh okay Spend some time with the kids But I man got to tick off their 50. But, he, push for a challenge. but he, his journey is amazing, bro. Peachy's. Because mm. Peachy was in my class. <laughs> and um, but I guess that's before we wrap it up. But just a quick story about Peachy. Like, uh, we had this big thing at BNZ in the city. Um, and uh, so I was with, like, sort of real high-up managers and that. And then um, <laughs> it was, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And then so I was walking with all of them. Then all I heard was this, Vinny, that bastard. <laughs> And I turned on, it was peachy on the back of a tuk-tuk, very wasted. I was going, mm. <laughs> not this guy. But I mean, he doesn't drink now, which is good. But yeah, there was just like, we're in the middle of the day, getting abused there from one of the boys. I was like, oh, anyone but this guy. But yeah, man, he's he's had a massive journey. He's doing well. He is mm. peach boxing in that man. Like, yeah. like, hats off to him, man. The man. Old Isaac. Well, even now, um, shout out to Sish for, because remember they were just amateur? Yeah. Well, we weren't even amateur. Was that like, um, Corporate, they were corporate until sis um, knocked the other dude out. <laughs> Bruh, yeah, that was been like, man, grand scale for them. Shucks, yeah. Man, they've, they've done well. I mean, now they're like, you know, one of no one around the world now, you know, with his fighters and that. Like, mm. man, he's got some really exciting talent coming through. I remember watching one of his fights on TV when Peachy was still fighting. Where the man walks off his new little stags jump on. I was going, oh, <laughs> get in there, Peachy. He's <laughs> got um, Jerome, the. Yeah, 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 and he's tiny, because when I yeah when I did the singers the last home game, would have been the um the last home semi of the round. That was when the school was packed, bro. Yeah, mean crowd, and he came and I was like, medium. <laughs> but he's tiny, bro. Sucks. But he looks massive on screen. That's <clears throat> good, man. Good, good hearing um the old boys, eh? <coughs> you yeah. know, uh, all of them, you know, successful in life, whether it's on a world scale or just you know. Beautiful kids and you know happy and content. Mm. That's good, man. It's awesome. Before we go, I just want to ask you one more, one more question. I saw this TikTok about um, paying one dollar a day if you're paying off your mortgage a month, and you'll you won't have to pay that interest for that that month. Is that right? But if you saw it on TikTok, for it's story time. Nah. Um, oh, it, if, no, if, you, if you, it's not a fixed interest or something like that. If, if it's not if it's not a fixed if it's not a fixed rate oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and you pay yeah. a dollar a day because the interest is it's 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 compounding mm. so yeah so if you were to put I guess a dollar on so say for example you got a fifty thousand dollar overdraft so today you're getting charged for interest on fifty thousand say tomorrow you put a dollar on so then what's it forty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine then you put another dollar on so you're only getting charged on the interest that you're using. Mm. So if, effectively, if you think about it, then yeah, it probably does work if you put a dollar on each day. Okay. 
Because you say they can throw down on credit cards too. No, but credit cards, I mean, but you just do a balance transfer. So mm. you can have like a credit card at ASB, do a balance transfer. Some of them throw up 0% for two years. Because, you know, you got to remember, especially how you, if you use a credit card as a purchase to purchase like, say, um, I don't know, some shoes, it's interest-free. Most of them are like 55 days. And then once you start getting charged interest, the interest is around, I think it's like 19% on average. Mm. But then what some people don't realize is if you go to the ATM and withdraw money off the card, you get charged interest straight yeah. away. Yeah. And it's the higher. And it's yeah. higher. Mm. Take so, no people, man. You should repeat that again because I got sucked in on a bank transfer <coughs> and that's how I ended up going into the bank. Yeah. But it was... It wasn't until like I accidentally like realized like oh shit I'm short and yeah. I swapped it once, and then I was like fuck that, that's heaps man. Considering that the bank transfer was at one percent, yeah. So yeah, whatever was left over, eh? Yeah. So whatever the remaining is, they transfer it over. Some of them are zero percent. Some of them are one point five or one percent for, say, two years. But if if I speak to my clients about that, I say when you get the card, cut it up. Because it's not there to be used, it's there to save you money and mm. repay it and then we're going to close it anyway. But then, yeah, some people use it, they just get in and then happy birthday again. <laughs> and then <laughs> Still in the same position two years later. Vinny, <laughs> <laughs> man, man, thanks for coming on, eh? No, nah, awesome, man. It's, it's been great. It's, um, yeah pretty surreal sitting here after sort of you know standing in the shadows watching you guys on spotify and, that <laughs> and hearing letty and that so no it's awesome man thanks for having me here appreciate no, it appreciate you bro like like i said man like we spoke what would have been like almost three years ago now but it would have ah, been three years ago yeah, at your house at home. so just to see that how far you've come and to see you smiling but also just to be here bro like because you're a busy man you're hard to get a hold of very so I appreciate you taking the time out and I appreciate you have come in to confirm that see what insane will be on because yeah, we had go on um, John Mucker's little brother oh, and he yeah. goes bro these guys ain't gonna show so for him to lay that <laughs> challenge out it's like you watch docs you watch I'll be here man <laughs> uh, but thanks for showing up bro yeah appreciate thanks for coming you know you, you guys doing good work out there you know just um, educating people on how to get a house you know it's about one of the big things these days because it's yeah. all about Starting that uh, generational wealth, you know. And, exactly. And if you're not doing it now, you're doing it for your grandkids and their kids. Yeah, you know, right. you just start somewhere and just build it up. And sure, see, this man. guy already knows, man. That's what we talk about <laughs> generational wealth. <laughs> yeah, well, bro, just even reading like some of the stories that you just lay out, like yeah. you know, we finally got a home, no assistance, and even like you know, just walking their family through to the final mm. date, then walking in, and then you saying like. And the kids come and go, oh, this is my room. Like, but that's, that's, that's life fresh, bro. Like, you know, just to know that you guys are PIM. Be able to do that for people, bro. There's volumes about what you guys are doing. So keep it up, man. Yeah, keep it up. So how can everybody find you guys? So your business called The Mortgage Hub. Yeah, The Mortgage Hub. So we're online, we're on Facebook, Instagram. Um, yeah, just look us up www.themortgagehub.co.nz <laughs> or you might see us on the billboard on Lincoln Road <laughs> yeah I'll sponsor you the next episode of uh, Empty Out The Club shout boys shout Vinny shout thanks thanks brother thanks brother is that four hours there?